0: Veronica's gonna walk down there, like, at the end of the weekend and be like, cool, um, what? Kate. Either that or Pop has to clean it up. Yeah. Which also sucks. But imagine that. Expensive. Veronica's like, what? And Alice is like, oh, by the way, FP broke a bottle because he was threatening your dad with a broken end of it. Enough said. And like, alright, cool. Um, Actually, also send him this whole bottle home as a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24 year old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding heroes feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the Hundred Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at robin A. jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I could choose any restaurant to eat Thanksgiving dinner at, um, I would choose McDonald's. That's valid. Really? Uh, yeah. What would? You, what? Yeah. <laughs> It's, Actually, you know what? That's a perfectly on-brand Robin thing to do. Don't mind me. It's my favorite. Yes. What? Oh, that, can I could I I get to pick like any restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm still going to pick <laughs> Especially if I have to pay for it. Okay. What What if we don't have to pay for it? I would just get more McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, smart. I I respect this uh this choice. Yeah. yeah. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30 year old journalist from beautiful post apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at @brittanyam. Where I've found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I had to go to a restaurant for Thanksgiving, I have two answers here. My troll answer is Denny's because breakfast for thanksgiving naturally like slaps also they did it in freaking the santa claus Mm -hmm. love that movie Mm -hmm. classic Mm -hmm. um but that was good but still close enough um and then my actual answer is like a steakhouse so i would go to like like if i was picking a chain in canada it would be the keg but if i was picking a specific restaurant i would say joe forte's downtown okay all right thanks thank you she fancy i like the way you said daddy's daddy's is Jam, yeah, man. I love deadies. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny po- pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I am a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over-40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at @samkcc where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. If I was going to eat Thanksgiving dinner out somewhere. My instinctual answer was Ricky's because I haven't had their chicken and waffles in so long. Oh, okay. So we both went for the breakfast for dinner route. Right. But then my other answer was like, "Mm, maybe cactus because I also love cactus. Okay. Mm -hmm, And that's mm -hmm. more of like a sit down situation. Okay. We do live in Vancouver, so we could actually go to Pop's though oh true oh Do they sell things there though yeah it's like a real diner isn't it yeah it's a real diner that they like dress up for the show I'm pretty sure I'm like oh it's just always closed how we know when we're allowed to go there or not <laughs> wait so maybe that's not right yeah I don't know I'm like that's not right yeah I'm like they use it a lot I don't know if it's still open <laughs> you got me there yeah anyway <clears throat> Today we have words to say about episode 407 of Riverdale, The Ice Storm. So The Ice Storm is a 1997 American drama film directed by Ang Lee. Love Ang Lee. You said that last last time. (laughs) I know. I love that director. Based on the 1994 novel of the same name, the film features an ensemble cast of a bunch of people including Tobey Maguire and Elijah Wood who are the same people who are the same person. Yeah, that's the same person (laughs) Mm -hmm. twice. Set during Thanksgiving 1973, The Ice Storm is about two dysfunctional Connecticut upper-class families who are trying to deal with the tumultuous social changes of the early 1970s and their escapism through alcohol, adultery, and sexual experimentation. That just sounds like white people with problems. Doesn't seem like my kind of movie. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, it does seem applicable to this episode. Yeah, true. One of the only times that it is. Right. (laughs) So we didn't get any um, tweets... Or emails for thoughts from listeners mm-hmm. this week, but we had a couple people on our TV co-stream who brought up some really interesting points, so yes. I wanted to talk about those. Cool. Mandy, who is at Socklings on Twitter, she reminded us that Alice told The Farm about Dwayne oh, and yeah. the Shady uh-huh. yeah. Man, and so maybe if we're, like, hoping that Charles is good, which by the way, hey Charles, did you want to show up this episode, uh? Whatever. Like, where is he for Thanksgiving? Yeah, Y'all, he and Jellybean went to see Gladys in prison. It's fine. Is Gladys in prison? No. Oh. She just left. Is Gladys in prison? I I think she should be in prison. But we're, like, she was saying that, like, maybe Charles knows that the farm knows that, so she's trying- so he's trying to protect Alice- so that the farm doesn't have that information on her anymore. Right. I mean, I would like to see it. Like, that, so that he de- destroys the evidence so that she can't be busted by anyone from the farm. Right. Exactly. Which I hope is what's what's true, because I like that idea of way more than Charles being actually garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I've i been having um, premonitory dreams. Yeah. Wait, like, really? all week. Actually, I have no reason to think that they're premonitory. <laughs> Because nothing has, none of the things have happened, but I just want to put it out there just in case I am a psychic. <laughs> I had a dream that Sweet Pea's in jail. That's mm-hmm. where he is. Yeah. Um. And also, and then I had a dream that they killed off Charles, which just made me really, really upset. Because I was like, okay, so you gave us hope about this character, and then you took it away, and then you gave it back, and then you took it away again, and then you killed him. And you left him being garbage. So, great, thanks. Yeah. yeah I, so I, hope have, that I don't happen. want that. I also hope that doesn't happen. Um, I don't think it's going to. I don't think so either. So I'm happy. I remember, I remember it happening in my dream and being like, ah, well, isn't this just perfect? I was like, now I have to go on the podcast and talk about how mad I am. Classic Riverdale. (laughs) And the other thoughts from listeners that I picked out from our TV co stream was our friend Joanna, who's at Veridicima. Um, She, we were kind of talking about when Cheryl is like, go get a warrant from the local constable and like, good luck with that, right? Yes. Because we were like, why does she trust FP with this? And Joanna reminded us that Cheryl is supposed to like, completely not trust FP and not like FP because he helped cover up her brother's murder. But- yeah. But now, like, literally now that I'm thinking about it, like, F.P. would probably feel some sort of obligation to help Cheryl out with literally whatever she asked because of that. Yeah, Ooh. but does Cheryl know that? I mean, she's manipulative. She must. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she would use that as a leverage point. Yeah, I guess just, like, the way that she spoke to Aunt Cricket, like, if Aunt Cricket had turned around and gone to the constable immediately, mm-hmm. would, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Maybe if Cheryl yeah. had time to go talk to him about it, but, like, she talked about it, as if like she just assumed this of him, you know what I mean? That's a I feel point. Like, I feel like Cheryl was also just mm-hmm. acting with a an abundance of confidence. Yeah. Because like, yeah, in the face of yeah. like any event like that, you're just like, well, go get a warrant or you're not coming in here. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> if you're going to lie, lie confidently. If there's a uh, one thing I've learned as an adult, the key to anything is confidence. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah. Well, that's what I had for that, but if you guys have uh, any thoughts about this episode, which we hope that you do, because uh, we're looking forward to talking about it, <laughs> we, um, yeah. you can tweet us at The Aficionados or DM us, or you can email us at aficionadospodcast at gmail.com. Or you can comment on our SoundCloud. Yeah. Basically, I try and pay attention to everything, so uh, <laughs> if you've got thoughts, I, I'll probably see it. You truly do, don't you? I try. Yeah. She's very good at it. Yeah, You're very good at your job. Thanks. But I'd let you know. Thanks. Uh, so, Brittany, toot or boot? Two, I really enjoyed this episode. Mm. Like, more than I thought I was going to, even though it was hyped up so much, I was kind of just expecting to be disappointed. Mm. So the fact that I wasn't disappointed left me pleasantly surprised. I'm happy. Sam, I want to go ahead and give it a shoot, actually. That's Mm. a big statement. It's in my top three episodes of Riverdale. So one would be Midnight Midnight Club. Club. Would this be two or three? I have to rewatch the other one. Yeah, what is the other one? To see how much I like the plots that are in FP and Alice. Mm -hmm. So uh, the other one is... Tonight. Teen, where Alice tells FP that she had his baby. Mm. Gotcha. Duh. Um, oh, yeah. It's the one where they're, like, punching Chick in the basement, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, like... <laughs> Chick. I do remember enjoying, enjoying in general, but I think that... This, this might be number two, mm. just because the, I enjoyed every single plot line, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like not the case for the other one, but I haven't rewatched it in a minute. So, yeah. um, so to remind everyone, the scale from best to worst mm. is shoot, toot, newt, boot, scoot. I don't, have we ever scooted? In, I feel like, yeah, no, yeah, we definitely I feel like we scooted have scooted, in, scooted an episode, in an episode, yeah. I am also going to give this episode a shoot. Wow! Because um, because I believe that I have only shooted two episodes, if I remember properly. I shooted The Midnight Club, right. which is still my number one. Mm-hmm. And then I think I shooted, like, on the cusp of Shoot and Toot, I put the Season 3 finale. Finale. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think I enjoyed this episode more than the Season 3 finale, and therefore I can't obviously give it yeah, less anything than, yeah. less than, yeah. less than that one. Uh-huh, that's absolutely fair. Not that like I thought the season three finale was all was like really, really well written, like maybe well more well written than this one, but I enjoyed it better because good things happened. In the things that I cared about. Okay. Right. Good yeah. things happened uh, across the board mm-hmm. on this one. And that just brings me joy. Yeah. I gave it five stars on my review at Telltale as well. And where, can, where else can we can we find that? You can find my reviews at TelltellTv.com slash author slash Samantha Coley. And there's a dash there's in between. There's a dash in between <laughs> uh, my name. And uh, yeah, you can also find my reviews at telltletv.com. Slash category slash Riverdale. was really smooth, baby. Thank you. Oh. I read it. I read the whole thing. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Thanks. I was like, I would like to read this one because I liked it. <laughs> and uh, now people are like quoting it on Twitter and it's uh, kind of cute. It brings me a lot of joy yep. to make people happy with saying words about a thing I enjoy. Yeah. Truly love it. She was like writing it yesterday and she was like, so... Can I write a whole review just about Snake Parents? And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I did like one paragraph about each of these stories, and then I was like, So, FB and Alice. So, anyway, the important <laughs> stuff. Uh, all right, so we're going to get started, and we're starting with the Shoney storyline. Here we are <sighs> Cheryl slash Shoni slash cannibalism. So, the good old triple C. <laughs> <laughs> the Shoni Shoney for T. Yeah, the sh- for Shoni stands for Cheryl, though. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Okay. <laughs> Don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't acknowledge me, don't come anywhere near me. (laughs) Alright, over at Thistle House, Tony feels like she's being watched, and Cheryl has to come up with the perfect plan to get rid of Uncle Bedford. Dump him in the river to be eaten by fish before it freezes over! (laughs) Yeah. Truly genius, but there's a kink in their plan, Cricket is watching the house, hence... Tony feeling watched. Love that explanation. Cheryl decides to have a very sweetie, Todd-inspired Thanksgiving to get rid of her creepy family once and for all, including ghost dolls and Nana Rose regaling the lot with stories of the first blossom Thanksgiving and how the first turkey was just another blossom. (laughs) Fun. Cheryl asks Nana Rose to tell them the story at Thanksgiving. It's a harrowing tale that I'll sum up real quick. They were all starving so badly during the ice storm that they ate each other. Cheryl says the Blossoms being cannibals is a scandal Cricket probably wouldn't want to come out while selling the family business. Cricket thinks no one would believe her. Cheryl points out that the Blossoms have always been carnivorous. She ate her brother in the womb and they're eating meat pies right now. Weird. Foster spits out his father's ring. His father? We think it's his father, but he calls him Uncle Bedford. No one's really sure. That was confusing. Cheryl says that they're welcome to search the house for Bedford, but all evidence he was there is currently being digested. Tony rolls Jason <clears throat> into the room for, like, show, I guess. dramatic <laughs> <laughs> effect. Like, it's, it's so funny because Cheryl's like, now time for dessert, and then Jason comes in, and I'm like, is Jason dessert? I'm confused. Think, oh my god. I thought he was holding dessert, but I could be wrong. And it went so fast that I was like, so, okay. There's a lot going on yeah. in this scene. Cheryl says cannibalism is illegal, and that Cricket and Foster should get to step in and leave them alone forever. I guess cooking people isn't illegal. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, who really who, who <laughs> did the crime <laughs> here? <Right? clears throat> Tony and Cheryl snuggle and talk about how they tricked her family. It was just lamb pies after all. They're relieved they got away with it. Cheryl tells Tony she loves her and they kiss. Mm. Soft. And then, of course, they attend the Archie part of the storyline afterwards. Yep. But. Anyways, so Cheryl and Tony are just the Adams family now? I'm okay with it. (laughs) Oh, wait, let's say something off the top. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so we are not calling the cousin by his proper name, which is Foster with an E instead of an O, because that word deeply upsets Robin. For, like, probably 10 years, like, if I hear (laughs) that word, I, I like, have, I, like, like re-watching it for my notes every single time they did it. Like, I had it on 1.5 just to, like, speed through those scenes so I could just be like, Yeah. Like, she was reacting so much when we watched the episode that I was, like, genuinely concerned for her. <laughs> I just like, when they sh- said it the first time, like I was so sad because it said on IMDb that his name was Foster and they've changed it now. Like I went and looked and they changed it. I don't know why it had Foster in the first place. Like if it's an Adams Family joke, then like, I don't know why that was a secret. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like we, we get it. <laughs> it was just I don't... kind of weird. So yeah. we thought, oh, it's a joke. And I was like, okay, good. They won't say it again. And then they proceeded to say it like five more times in the episode, which was really upsetting me um because i basically the story is that like once somebody said the word and so i looked up what the word meant because i didn't know and then i saw pictures and now every time i think of the word i want to die yeah i understand Um, which is fair yeah yeah very um, fair so we're calling him foster so we're gonna continue to call him foster uh hopefully that doesn't ruin your life i think you'll probably be okay Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think we're all gonna get through it yeah yeah but um can you explain the adams family joke i mean the the joke is like you know Cheryl and Tony are like super creepy and then there's an uncle with that name in it and like he's kind of silent mm. and so like oh yeah <laughs> like that's the, that's yeah. the whole joke is like he is that uncle yeah right but um, but they gave him lines this episode right yeah which well, was like, I just don't understand why the joke was a was a secret then like mm, that was weird okay. Yeah. <laughs> A-, a lot of choices got made that I'm puzzled by, but whatever. Yeah. It would have been funny if, like, we hadn't, like, I hadn't looked on IMDb. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I wanted to know what his name was so we could talk about him. Right. So I don't know why it was different on, a- anyway, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, Cheryl could have just acknowledged his name last week. And yeah, then, which is weird. Yeah. He was just, like, standing there, like... <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that this is a podcast. <laughs> well, he being... didn't say anything, <laughs> so that made sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, my first note in this storyline was just that Cheryl's being way too chill about this. I think we're supposed to just like assume that like this is the Adams family now, and like. At this point, I've like. I've stopped trying to justify what Cheryl and Tony are doing, and I'm just like, okay, I'm rolling with it. This is stupid and ridiculous, but. Like what else I'm are having a fine time. Like well, it's entertaining and like I think that it works on this episode more than it has so far this season because Cheryl and Tony are like on the same level of insanity. Yeah, now that they brought Tony's crazy up a little bit. Right. Like for a while it seemed like Cheryl had like lost her mind and Tony was just like, "Well, I'm not going to use my agency at all." Um <laughs> and so now I think they're more on a level playing field, which makes that work for me. I think this might be setting up for next episode because... In the trailer, we see Cheryl saying, like, what's wrong with me? And, like, I'm kind of asking myself the same question. Yeah. Um, Because everything she's done so far this season, I'm like, you're being, you're acting like this is normal and it is not, ma'am. Yeah, like, please go to therapy. Yeah, I think we've yes, said that, out, like, at least <laughs> once an episode. Yeah. yeah, We probably have. So, of course, when she starts talking about, like, being watched and stuff, we have that whole theory that was given to us about, like, somebody being in the walls. So we were yeah, thinking, okay, yeah. that's got to be it. And then we kind of got that ant cricket thing that was happening, but I still don't think that's exactly what it is. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I think think there might be something there. The surface explanation. To like lead us away from realizing that there's someone Mm -hmm. in the walls. Yeah, like there has to be someone in the walls at this point. Yeah. There's no other explanation. Who do you guys think it is? Penelope. I think it's Penelope or, I don't know, for some reason, like, I really want it to have something to do with Julian. Mm-hmm. Like, it's but weird. That, I don't know, but it's just weird that Julian is just a doll. And, the, and the, they're, like, so obsessed with Julian. Yeah. Is there a camera in Julian's eyes? Ooh. Oh, because they that keep tie focusing into the... on him, and they always have him around where they need him to be, and it would tie into the videotapes. Mm-hmm. And there was like shots in the trailers of like his eyes with like the security camera filter over top mm-hmm. of it. So maybe there's a camera in Julian's eyes. I mean, there's a camera in the bughead storyline. Okay, yeah. but so who would install so. a camera in Julian's eyes? I still think Penelope. Penelope. Okay. Is- I just think it has something. To do, has to have something to do with Julian. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I like that. I would find that. I also want Penelope back because I love her. She's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's off a rocker, and um, I want to watch that. Yeah. Weirdly mm-hmm. enough, I feel like Penelope might be more sane than Cheryl right now. Mm, Fair enough. That is so sad. Yeah. Uh, mm, bup, 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 bup. She did kind of run a, a murder game on the whole town. Yeah, but how well, far is Cheryl off from doing that? She's not murdering anybody. She's just keeping her. Well, she's Mm-hmm. She's not murdering anybody. She's just tricking people into thinking they're cannibals and (laughs) And she's a dead brother in a wheelchair, and they also are hiding a dead body. And her uncle that she like uh, supposedly cared for at some point in her life when she was a child, uh, they murdered, and she has no pro- no qualms about uh, throwing him in the river and having his feet, his eyes gobbled up by the tuna. Guys, what's going on with Cheryl? Yeah, maybe we'll find out in therapy next week. I would love to. The thing is, if I knew what was going on with Cheryl, I this story I could roll with the storyline so mm-hmm. much. But because she's so unhinged, I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. But, like, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to go along with it. I'm just kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. So later in the episode, Cheryl says, like, uh, something that I haven't yet said. And then she says, I love you to Tony. And she says, I love you back. But I was confused because I was, like, pretty sure you've said I love you before. And, in fact, she said I love you this, in this episode. episode. She said I love you for it. So I'm, like, I'm a little confused about that line. If she had just been, like, also, can I say something? I love you. I love you too. Then I would have been like, okay. But she says, I haven't said this yet. And I'm like, but why'd you add that line? Because now it's wrong. I think it means maybe she hadn't said it that day. And like it's Thanksgiving. So she's saying what she's thankful for is Tony. Sure. That was not clear though. Like, so. say that, then. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, just a couple words. I don't think it's going to add too much to the uh, to the time count on the episode. Well, no, right. and, like, I think it would have been so fitting to be, like, if I haven't said it yet, the thing I'm most thankful for is you. Yeah. I don't have been like, oh, all right. Aw, cute. Okay. So they talk about the creepy story. Jul- they have Julian at the table. God, I, if if Cousin Foster's name wasn't that He'd be like my favorite character. He's so funny. He yeah, like he's just like he's like like you know how everyone loves Ron like especially in Chamber of Secrets just for his facial expressions. Yeah, yeah. like Cousin Foster literally sits there like looks at Julian like what? and then is like every time anything happens he like looks down at his meat pie and goes. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's he has best- be the only same person in that room. Yeah, he's got the best facial expression. Yes. I liked the detail of uh, uh, Nana Rose saying much like tonight. Like that's very ghost story. Oh, she, she's quite a good ghost story. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I would listen to just uh, story time with Nana Rose like once a week. Okay. It was her Podcast telling- maybe? Sure. Okay. Oh my god, that would be a great podcast. Like little 15 minute stories from yeah. Nana Rose being- telling creepier and creepier things about the Blossom family. I genuinely would listen to that. We could tell exactly where the story was going from, like, the very beginning of it, especially, yeah. but also because, like, as the story goes on, you notice that only Cousin Foster and Aunt Cricket are the ones who are eating. Mm-hmm. Like, even Nana Rose wasn't eating. Like you're So, like, was Ooh. Nana Rose in on it? I think she was. I think so. Yeah. Nana Rose is so complex because sometimes Cheryl says, like, in Nana Rose's more lucid moments, and I'm like, so you leave children with this woman. But then she's, like, lucid enough to include in plans to trick them all? Like, yeah, Cheryl talks about Nana Rose as if she's, like, her confidant, but then you, like, also get stories about Nana Rose from Penelope, like, especially in the Midnight Club, when she's saying that she's, like, not a good mother and, like, is grooming her just to, like, marry her son. And it's, like, like kind of super, like, emotionally abusive, if not physically. Yeah. So, Yeah. So I mean, like, I team? feel like there's a disconnect also in the way grandparents treated their own kids and the way they treat their grandchildren. That's for sure. So, like, Nana Rose has probably actually been quite nice to Cheryl, mm-hmm. but was probably absolutely horrible to Penelope. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, cannibalism. Uh, yeah, our, our main question for this storyline, in, in my opinion, is why does Foster call his own dad uncle? Because he's weird. I think maybe because, like, are we supposed to think that maybe he's not his... There were so many things in this episode, like, first of all, we liked this episode, so when we're, like, talking about, like, oh, what's this, what's this? It's because, like, Riverdale. We're nitpicking always... for fun. Right. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're uh, entertaining ourselves. But there were so many times in this episode where I was surprised by family connections. <laughs> I just, <laughs> like, 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 what do you mean that Darla is Dodger's mom? What do you <laughs> that was that ridiculous. ridiculous is dad. <laughs> Like, this has to be a mistake, right? Like... I think they just wanted to say Uncle Bedford because it's, it's such a phrase. It just makes no sense. Well, like, it does only, make sense. Like, well, if only no. he had been like, is this Daddy's ring? <laughs> Daddy's. Oh, he's he's British now? Yeah, that was my impression of Draco and ABPM. Oh, okay. All right. Daddy! Sorry. I think possibly this is, like, just a, a rich social person. I mean, social cue? Uh, something rich people do when they're in front of other family members. So, like, he is Cheryl's Uncle Bedford. So, like, where's that, your Uncle Bedford? Like, mm. that kind of situation? Yeah, like, my mom calls her own mom grandma in front of us. Right. Yeah, okay. I'll, let, I'll allow it. Yeah. There's literally no other explana- explanation, so I guess we'll just go with that. Yeah, okay. Sure. Okay. Theory. uh so yeah then she brings in jason sure okay <laughs> and then she says that uh cannibalism is illegal in this state but not in other states or please uh, explain to this now american I need to, l- now i need to look that up cannibal lectures like it's, illegal in, it's legal in the state i live in state. Yeah. the state of mind the state of states where cannibalism is legal your your fbi agents. Are, Your personally assigned FBI agent's going to be like, um... What? So, uh, there's no federal law against it. What? Wow. But most, if not all, states have enacted laws that indirectly make it impossible to legally obtain and consume body matter. (laughs) Okay. Anyone else want to know why there's no American federal law (laughs) that stops cannibalism? Anyone else want to know that? (laughs) <laughs> oh! oh england also does not have a specific law against cannibalism just want you guys to know that that's yeah, right that for the royal family english it, yeah. yeah like no shame well a little bit shame but not towards england itself yeah <laughs> and not towards any english listeners we may have no it's just like if you were gonna your say- country's weird and you know it everyone's country is weird oh my god our country is so weird super weird our national animal is a beaver <laughs> it's illegal in idaho cool we need to go Idaho. I've been there, and then you know what? That makes me feel safe. <laughs> should we move on? Yeah, sure. Dumbledore <clears throat> crosses the state line, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> "So, of course, it wasn't actually Bedford. They kind of used that as a distraction to get him out of there, and then do the original plan, which was to put him in the." River, I believe. Yeah. Before it froze over yeah the ice storm Wow, how convenient. Yeah, and then my last note for the storyline was just like they have said I love you, so okay. So what's good? Well we are, we already talked about that, so we're good. Like I was just happy to see them like share a soft moment because I miss that mm-hmm. for them, uh, when it's all ghosts and dead bodies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What you don't like the ghosts and dead bodies storylines? No, I do enjoy the ghosts and dead bodies. I just like I like the soft moments uh interspersed. Uh, I just made you say I do enjoy the ghosts and dead bodies just for the record no Ugh! she hit me <laughs> with a pillow anyway the other parts of the storyline that i really liked was like the overall tone mm. like you know it felt very foreboding and like adam's family e and now that like i understand that it's an adam's family vibe i'm like okay i'll go with it right like oh I'll, I'll watch what happens uh should we move on yeah so now we're gonna talk about varchie that's me again i put the um sh- uh officer dilf Goes to the hospital part in the storyline as well because well, good, it's about Dodger. Because like. I forgot that that happened in Officer Dill's storyline. So, oh, oh good, so you didn't put it in. The, I did not get okay. okay, cool. Totally well, we forgot did this. All right, okay, not closely enough. Uh, shout out to us for uh, making Robin comfortable calling FP Officer Dill. <laughs> well, I came up with that one, so it's really you. Mm-hmm. You were real one. You all right? Um, this is kind of a long one, so grab a snack. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Archie and Mary visit Fred's grave. Dodger's family visits him in the hospital. Two different energies. Archie and <laughs> Monroe um, prove that they're great dads and announce that they're having Thanksgiving at the center. And it's going to be free. Archie's going to deep fry a turkey like Fred used to. FP stops by to crash the party and tells them that Hiram intends to shut down the center because he's a freaking monster. But FP will back them in ignoring Hiram entirely and doing what they want. Veronica finds Hiram, Hermosa, and Hermione having Thanksgiving at the house instead of the club thanks to that pesky ice storm. She refuses to eat with them thanks to Hiram wanting to deprive homeless kids of food. He says it was a matter of public safety and not personal. Veronica pulls a tablecloth and the whole meal off the table, which was also not personal. (laughs) <laughs> Mary tells Archie she wants to be at the center for Thanksgiving. She and Archie grieve the fact that Fred isn't there. Archie welcomes everyone to the center's Thanksgiving, including Dodger's family Oops. Eddie tips Archie off that they're no good and that Archie tries to get them to leave, but accidentally gets them all held hostage instead. Oh no Darla and company won't leave until they find out who hurt Dodger. She thinks it was Archie. Veronica stops Archie and Monroe from fighting back and putting the kids in danger Malcolm tries to get Darla's gun and starts a whole mess Archie puts himself in front of Malcolm and Darla accuses him of beating Dodger into a coma and called the cops to cover his tracks, I guess. Like, he's not that smart, Darla. She wants him to admit that he did it and she'll let everyone go. Eddie, Malcolm, and Toby all claim they did it in a big Oh Captain, My Captain moment. Darla prepares to shoot Archie when the deep fryer explodes. Mary gets the gun while Archie and Ronnie take on the other idiots. Mary forces them out of the center like a badass. They finally sit down and have a proper Thanksgiving complete with a prayer that Fred used to do. Mary and Archie reflect on the Thanksgiving and the luck of the deep fryer exploding. Mary thinks it was Fred looking out for them. Archie gets an idea and gathers everyone at the center to honor Fred with a plaque. Mm-hmm. That was a really long one because so many things happened that involved action. <laughs> also, <laughs> Dodger's missing now. Oh, right. I forgot to mention a really crucial part, but the most crucial part is the Darla's Dodger's mom? <laughs> Guys? Guys? they're the same age they look the exact <laughs> same age have we looked up how old these actors are can no. we now i'm gonna do it right now like darla was supposed to be dating the shady man who looks like way younger way younger than than like, dodger younger. i mean like get it girl was he because he was borrowing her car really? because he was a drug dealer oh no he was getting drugs from chick right or was chick getting drugs Ye- from him yes no, Chick, Chick was getting drugs from him. Okay, so he was borrowing Darla's car. I'm like, listen, his name was Dwayne, so if he was also one of Darla's sons, I wouldn't be surprised because his name would be Dwayne Dickinson. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of Ds going on. Do we know that they were dating at the time, or? There was something, like... Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe she's a cougar. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know her life. Maybe she's a cougar. Maybe she's a kingpin. Maybe she's born with it. Maybelline. Maybe, maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Either way, that was really hard for us to believe, and we kind of laughed when Wait. she said that. <coughs> what? What? They're <laughs> the exact same age? They are the same like, age. Literally? Yeah, They look the same age. They're both 38. That would be really awkward if they were like, hey, you're playing his mom. She'd be like, uh, like, how old do you think I look? W- we just fully thought going into this episode when she showed up in the trailer that they were, like... Brother and sister. Or or dating. dating. Okay, but she specifically says my son, right? Like Yes. I, my, she literally yeah. does, yeah. She says a mother always knows, and something about, like, you like, hurt my son. Yeah. yeah, and she's gonna be like, your mom's gonna know exactly what it feels like to yeah. lose her son. Like, And I'm just like... Like, first of all, what? who are you? <laughs> who are you? What are you? Get out of my face. I don't like you. Like, I could maybe... I could maybe believe it with these other guys who are here, because um, they look a little younger than her. Like, sure, sure. Like, she could have gotten pregnant at a really young age. Yeah. But Dodger looks way too old to be her son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she couldn't have gotten pregnant at zero. <laughs> you know? You know? So, yeah. I don't know. Mm-mm. I have so many questions that I'm, we will never get answers. <laughs> uh, so, Hiram ran unopposed, so he just um won. Gross. Gross. What in the hell is going on? I expected this to take longer, but I guess I'm glad it didn't. Wait, but isn't this in the Team Adult storyline? No. no, me and Sam talked about it being in this. It in oh, this. sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I just feel like literally no one ran against him. Like, even if I was just some random kid who didn't even, which I am. <laughs> you um, are! Who doesn't have any experience in politics. I would run against him just so that he wouldn't be mayor. Right. Yep. Or at least like delay it a little bit or something. The fact that literally no one in Riverdale, like I mean, FP later says like everyone here in this town knows that you suck, right? And yet no one ran against Hiram. They're like, I guess we'll just let him run our town then. Like I think that the Riverdale writers probably just shortcut. This whole thing. Because they've done uh, it before. Because they've done the mayor race before. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was saying, like, I expected this to take longer, but I'm glad it didn't because we, like you said, we've done this before. Yeah. Why do they make people swear on Bibles still? Like, why? Like, if you're not, what if you're not religious? You know what I mean? Te- if technically, you can swear on anything. You can swear okay. on literally anything. You can swear in a Harry Potter book. I was thinking. Yeah. 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 You can swear on anything. Uh, typically, people choose the Bible, uh, but you can swear on anything. It, it isn't specified. Like, it, especially, law, like, if you you you're of a different it. religion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you swear on the Bible, but you don't care about the Bible, then, like, are you legally allowed to just do whatever you want? <laughs> no, you dummy. You're like, no, oh. sorry, I swore on the wrong thing. It's just the act of swearing. Right. Like, it's supposed to hold you accountable. Yeah. And we know that... um <clears throat> Supposed to. Yeah. Supposed to. Yeah. And we know that... His family is at least a little bit religious due to Veronica being uh, confirmed and like them having like a specific right Catholicism. Right. yeah so he says he made a reservation at the Sweetwater Country Club and when I was doing my notes yesterday, I was like so why didn't you um go there?? Mm-hmm. But it's okay, they gave an explanation. Yeah. They said that it was closed because of the storm. And also probably because Veronica fully bought them out. Oh, oh, yeah, they have no freaking food! <laughs> right? Like, I didn't even think about that. Also, the fact that Veronica pays for, like, basically every single thing that Archie does could we say that veronica is archie's sugar daddy just wondering thank you so much for saying the thought that was in my head mm-hmm. i was thinking sugar mama mm. but i like sugar daddy better yeah i like it yeah i love it like am i wrong you're like, not wrong you're not wrong at all like this season veronica has not really had a lot to do and most of what she's done is be archie's sugar daddy like she just buys him arcade games and abundances she's a of device. food yeah They're basically just like, we need something. Yeah, well, luckily we have a rich character. Yeah. You know? Exactly. It makes me really sad. It's It's really sad. It is. That's a huge bummer because she deserves so much better. Yeah. So um, Mary and Monroe's grandma are cooking, but apparently not anymore Mm -hmm. because then Veronica got other things. Yeah. No, I think they're still, I think they still cook. She just got all She just got all of the, like, ingredients. Yeah. Gotcha. Also, we didn't see his grandma, so maybe she didn't show up. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or they just, like, didn't feel like casting her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which, like, give me more of his family. I want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. That's my son. So FP comes to the community center and he says that he hates his job and, <laughs> and everything is bad because now he has to work for Hiram. Um, Archie's like, I won't let Hiram do this. And FP's like, good for you. Stick it to the man. Um, I'm also like, good for you. Stick it to the man. Yeah. Uh, so Veronica goes to Thanksgiving dinner with her parents and Hermosa and... And Hermosa mentions that she's leaving, that she has a flight. I very much doubt that. Get out, leave. And that she, and she also calls Veronica her sister. But okay, so then Later in the Team Adult storyline, Hermione and Hiram, because Veronica threw all of their food on the ground, go to Pops, but Hermosa is nowhere to be found? She says she had an earlier flight. Oh, I-, I totally took that to mean like an early in the morning flight. <laughs> like the next day. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I, see what happened there. I think that she moved her flight up because of the ice storm. Gotcha. So she's gone? Yeah, she's gone. For now. now. Yeah, there's no way she's not coming back, but, like, good good riddance for right now. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, what's, like, 7 a.m.? That sounds like it sucks, man. (laughs) Like, that character is not working for me right now, guys. Mm -mm. I feel like she's the type of character who is being set up to be redeemed. But right now, not a fan. Well, not a fan and just like kind of just sitting here like, okay, like, did we really need this character in the, the show? Right. Like, it sh- she's obviously like not taking screen time from Ronnie, but it's just like, it. it her storyline isn't about Ronnie, it's about Hiram. Mm-hmm. Right. So... It's just another woman that they're bringing into Hiram's storyline to revolve around Hiram. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Hiram is going to close the community center for public safety. What a cool guy. What a liar. What a, <laughs> so what a how super cool guy? How is he, other than the fact that Dodger got like beat up in front of it, how is he like making that make sense to the to he's, the law? He said that there were crimes being committed around it. Like he's blaming the kids who were committing their crimes. For, for Dodger's crimes. For Dodger's crimes, which like they were doing Dodger's crimes but Archie is literally trying to counteract that with the sinner mm-hmm. so closing the sinner is just going to make more crime mm-hmm. so burn in hell burn, burn in hell okay <laughs> he's just such an evil man like there's no redeeming Hiram which I think the show has trying to give up doing like hmm. remember last season when they kind of tried it for a second and yeah we were like, like okay yeah I'll go with it but then they ruined it again But, like, okay, so here's the crazy thing, though. We thought, very naively, or maybe it was just me, I thought that Hiram had did that for Dodger, did that to Dodger to help Help Archie. Archie. Mm -hmm. I kind of did think, I I kind of thought that, too. Well, that's what we were hoping at the end of last week. We were like, okay, so he said no, but, like, he did it anyway, and this is eventually going to have strings attached, but I thought it it was a favor. It was just, like, a covert way of doing it. Like, he wanted to help Archie, but he just couldn't do it, like, out in the open like that, so he helped him by doing this other thing. But then, no. We were fooled. <laughs> like, it's weird because Darchie- Darchie. Dodger and Archie. Because um, Archie kind of, like, got what he want in the way that Ar- Dodger is off the streets. But, like, then, like you said, now there's strings attached. Because now Hiram also gets what he wants. Which right. is to shut him down. I don't have a relevant thought for this exact storyline, but you said Darchie. And it reminded me of how, when I was re-watching yesterday, Archie introduces himself to Darley. To Darla, and he goes, "I'm Archie," but it blends together, so it sounds like I'm Archie. Yeah, (laughs) and I was like, "So he ships it." (laughs) (laughs) It's like it's like he's taking an oath, and they're taking an oath together, and they're saying, "I'm Archie." But they just gave Robin her rights. Thank you. Um, who cooked the turkey at, like, at Veronica's house? Oh, a, a chef. servant, for sure. I am so sorry. Yeah. Because so she just threw all of your hard work on the ground. I hope you still got paid. I mean, they probably, oh, they for sure got paid. Mm-hmm. But they probably secretly enjoyed watching that because they also probably hate Hiram. Yeah, <laughs> right, so. <laughs> who doesn't hate Hiram at this point? Exactly. Also, good thing they were all holding their drinks. Like, <laughs> there's, like, a wide shot after she pulls it down and they're all, like, holding it like this. <laughs> like I am outraged this, this is a scandal so they allow like darla and her other sons to I guess I guess to go into the community center and they're not even doing the thing where they go oh this is for kids yeah I'm mm, sure I, I mean I guess you can come in you know like they're literally just like hey welcome come on in like they're yeah. letting they're even letting like adults and like like People, who anybody who needs to come in, Archie come a in. good kid. That's I have so good. I have a note in here that just says, "I would kiss Archie Andrews on the head." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would do it. She literally said that during, like, I think our TV co-broadcast. She was like, "Just give him a little kiss on the forehead. Yeah. He's a good boy. Just a little boop." Archie Andrews is finally a good boy. I don't. I love this boy. <laughs> I would lay down my life for. For yes. this man. Because he would lay down his life for you. <laughs> exactly. You know this know what is I mean? what he was supposed to be. Yep. I'm so happy. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, um, if I had to rank the seasons so far, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that this would be my number one, but... Because season one? Or season two, Season sorry, two. I liked season two, and I probably even liked season three more than I like this one so far. Um, just because of the Griff- Griffins and Gargoyle stuff, if I ignore mm. the farm <laughs> story only. Yeah. If we Yeah, if we go with... Yeah. Yeah, if you completely ignore the farm storyline, season three is really good. It was really good. But the for- farm storyline just sucked up so much of it by the end that yeah. it was just, like, Ugh. Looking back on season one now, knowing what this show is, I can enjoy season one. Mm-hmm. But at the time when we didn't understand what it was, we really disliked it. Yeah, And um, so that's kind of, like, muddled my opinion of season one. So it's kind of, like, down there on the list mm-hmm. for yeah. me. But, um... It took us a while to figure out that this show is sort of a parody. Yeah. Like in a lot of ways, like it's, it's not a teen show, but it is a teen show. It's not Twin Peaks, but it kind of is Twin Peaks. Like it's, it's everything and nothing. And that's why like we, and we didn't get it. Like we did not get it. Yeah, we, we were didn't trying get it. so hard. I mean, I stand by my hatred of Archie. Like <laughs> season one, Archie. Sucked. Yeah. Remember? Remember his freaking? Remember when Grundy was a pedophile? Ugh. Also, now they're bringing up pedophile. Now they're making another teacher a pedophile who was supposed to be a good man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, buy this. They literally like killed him off as like a good guy because he was like dying because he was standing up for Jughead or something. Yeah. And then they made him a pedophile again. And you're like, okay. And I'm like, I'm done with the. Ugh. Which is like, I don't know. Again. I think, I think maybe Donna made that up. I so. think so too. Yeah, she clearly was thinking of, I mean, we're not on that storyline yet, but she clearly was thinking of something so that she could, like, act like that. Agreed. Like, something bad happened to her, but I just don't know if it was that. Completely agreed. But one thing that I saw on Tumblr recently was, like, the reason why season four feels so weird so far is that, like, 101, episode 101, Jason was killed, who killed Jason? Right. Episode 201, the Black Hood. Yeah. Who, like, who's the Black Hood? We already know who the Black Hood is. Right. 301. Griffin the Gargos, the Gargoyle King. What is it? 407? Still not really sure what's going on. Who, uh, it has Who's to be. doing videotapes? It has to be yeah. Jughead. Yeah. Who's the bad guy? Mm-hmm. It has to be Jughead. What? It has to be who killed Jughead. I guess, but it's not sure, that sure. much of a sp- mystery, right But that now. was like season 3 finale. Yeah. Like barely even yeah. 401. Like I know that they did something different for 401 this year because of Luke and Fred mm-hmm. which like very good episode. Yeah. But Stand even 402 that. then. But like 402 even, is, it hasn't clearly laid out what this mystery is. Yeah. So I'm like, hello, mm-hmm. um, more please. Yeah. Just uh, give me some more information. Thanks. Like, it's just kind of too bad because in the last two seasons, which have been like the long seasons, we've had the, the beginning of like the actual mystery was given to us in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it kind of dissipated, and then by the- nearing the end of- Like, the mid-season finale. Of the mid-season. Like, when we got to the mid-season, then it started, like, ramping back up again. That's fine. You have lots of episodes, I understand. Yeah. But, I don't know, like, but this this feels weird. (laughs) Also, like, we didn't get another- we got- we didn't get a a flash-forward again? Oh, yeah! Uh So it's like- so what is this, the mystery? Because they're not even reminding us of the mystery every episode. I don't know. It's really confusing. Anyway, moving back into the uh, storyline. So Darla's like, you're just a kid. So I guess she just expected someone else. Yeah. yeah. Like, What what did you think was going to happen when you showed up to a community center for you? I mean, I think she expected some adult to be running a center mm-hmm. because like typically it is an adult right, um, Okay. That's and fair. like someone with more power to take out her son who's a... Kingpin, I guess. I mean, Archie didn't do it. Yeah. yeah he, he really did not do it. Yeah. But Hiram sure made sure it looked like he did. But her other son seemed to know who Archie was. Like when, like at the very beginning when they're in the hospital, she's like, who did this? And he's like, gotta be that guy at the community center. And she's <laughs> like, which community center? So like that, her one other son seemed to know who Archie was. He did his research. But then she was like, what community center? And he was like, you know, the community center. And didn't give her any other information, I guess. I mean, he's probably, he probably runs with Dodger. So he would know. Yeah. Like, but he just didn't tell. But then he got there and she was like, this one? And he's like, yep. And she's like, I'm okay. Like, I guess. (laughs) I like that Eddie's allegiances have clearly changed. Eddie's a good boy. Now he's, now he's telling Archie about Dodger rather than being Dodger's guy, which is great. He's a good boy. I thought Darla was from Greendale. Are they still from Greendale? Probably I thought they were, but yeah, maybe not. Okay, witches? Question mark. Who knows? She says that the person who attacked Dodger must have had a soft spot for the center. But why would the person who attacked him have a soft spot for the center if he was dumped there? Because it was a gift. Gift? Yeah. Yeah. Attacking Dodger like Dodger. Was has, a gift. Dodger has been trying to tear down the center, and okay. whoever did it was like, "Here you go. I killed this man for you." Yeah. Okay. Sure. But it's like it, it was was Archie, it's like it was Archie. It's like when your cat brings you a dead animal right yeah but then like if it was Archie why would he do that you know like it doesn't right. make sense for that to be Archie which makes sense because it wasn't Archie exactly yeah um so it seems like so they're the only ones who are eating the food no no no, no yes? I thought they were the only ones eating food. yeah they were eating oh, the food yeah. and no one else was eating yeah they were I like how's about were. that food garbagey oh I missed I thought that everyone was eating they were just like in holding it hostage sort of you made me sad because like that's why I thought that Malcolm went up to get more food. No, I think he was giving them another plate. Oh. Well, I'm confused. <laughs> that- But that was sucky. Yeah. That made me really sad. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, finally Macklemore steps up. I Thanks for coming back, man. So proud of mm. Macklemore. Yeah. Sorry, Malcolm Moore. Malcolm Moore. Mal more. Darla mentions that Archie has a hero complex. She's not wrong. I mean, she's not wrong, but, like, it's so weird when the villains on the show psychoanalyze the kids. Yeah. Because I'm like- Really, because as far as you know, this is just a kid who runs a community center? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like, we know Archie has a hero complex, but how do you know that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're like, oh, um, you're a really good person, so I think I'll attack you for it. And I'm like, what? What? Well, I mean, Archie does, like, stand up in front of everybody and be yeah. like, he's willing to confess to save everyone. That's right? true. Yeah. To a thing he did not do. Yeah. So, Eddie, Toby, and Malcolm all confess for him, but no one believes him. It was really sweet, though. Yeah, it was sweet. I love that moment. Um, And Eddie said, I'm the dark dude. But when I first watched, I thought he said, I'm the dark toque. Which, <gasps> which I was like, is that the Black hood? So, so his name was the Black Hood. So there was the Black Hood and now he's called the Dark Took. Can I was we like, call him that from now on? 100% we can. Yes. So for anybody who is not in the know, in Canada, those like beanies that have like their, their little like knitted hats with the little pom-pom on top, those are, that's called a Took. Sam calls them toboggans. I do. But a toboggan is a sled. So I don't know what she saw so I don't know what she's talking In about. In my what? house, a toboggan was a hat and a sled was a sled. Well then what's a toque? A not a thing. That's a made up word. I mean it's French. Every word is made up. Yeah, you die. <laughs> I agree. It's just one that's extra made up. Okay, well you, you 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 protest toque, but Macklemore is already right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because it's funny. Either way, um I thought he said I'm the dark toque, but he didn't. I was like, aren't you supposed to be in New York? Do you even know what a toque is? <laughs> but I feel like because this show is so heavily influenced by Canada, yeah. like, they probably would stick I know. I literally show. was like, what? So yeah, we're going to be calling Archie the Dark toque from now on. Thank you. <laughs> Can we not forget to do that? I, like, I, I won't, won't forget. I genuinely want to remember. Okay. I look forward to being pleasantly surprised when you say it, and I've already forgotten it. Okay, great. <laughs> I literally love whenever Mary is in a scene, and she like is like, hi, I'm a lawyer. Yes. Like, especially, like, she, like, full on points the gun and she's like these are my rights and you're like and she would know (laughs) like it was just such a boss moment Mm -hmm. like she gets the gun she takes charge of the situation she's like this is legally it is legally my right to shoot you because you're being an intruder in my safe space that we own Mm -hmm. get the hell out Mm -hmm. molly ringwald is so good like (laughs) like i lost my mind watching that scene Mm -hmm. Like she makes me laugh because like she takes Mary so seriously. And I'm like, okay, like, yeah, like, please do this. Right. But like, just standing there like she was communicating so much with Mary because you could see that Mary was a little afraid. Yeah, yeah. She was definitely afraid, but she was doing it anyway. And I was like, I'm so glad they kept her on this show. I'm so glad that like, she stepped in and has a role like, I'm just so happy. I'm really happy to have Mary here. I do have to say, it does make me a little sad knowing the amount that Luke got last season. Yeah. And he got literally nothing, and now Mary's getting lots. And, like, that's great for Mary, and I'm happy to have her, and I love her, but it just makes me sad thinking about the fact that Fred was mostly absent. I completely agree. It is, like, it is a shame that the show sort of wasted Lou Perry, like, in that role. Mm -hmm. Um, He definitely was not used to his potential. Like, Fred was basically sidelined. Like, Fred should be mayor. Mm-hmm. like yeah that's just a fact yeah I, I feel like sort of possibly losing him may have like opened their eyes to how they mishandled that so i i feel like maybe that's why they're having uh mary slash molly be more involved now. i would hope so yeah sure but that's a that's a lesson they shouldn't have had to learn as professional writers yeah that's true mm-hmm. that's absolutely true yeah mary Mary um, mentions that their family was never particularly religious. That makes sense. Which, like, we've talked about the Andrews and religion before, so I just wanted to point that out. Yeah. Um, Dodger is missing now. Uh, Doctor Patel, you messed up. <laughs> uh, work harder, maybe next time. Um, <laughs> Doctor Patel, I guess <laughs> yeah. FP being like, he's like, we watch our parents, ver- our patients very closely, and FP's like, well, not closely enough, huh, doc? And it's just like, hello, Sam. Did anyone pick that? That she says we watch our parents very closely, and he says not closely enough. Did I, anyone I, pick up favorite line? No. no, no, no. Can I use that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, girl. I was just pointing out that Sam watches her parents very watches parents. I very do watch the parents, parents on does. Riverdale very closely. Tree she does. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about how it must be Fred who's watching them and helping them, which I think is lovely. Then we get the scene in the community center where they are dedicating the community center to Fred. Reggie and Kevin look majorly lonely with all of these couples around them. (laughs) But I think that the most important thing that we have to note is that they never put any years or dates on this show until until today or until this episode. Um, They said that Fred was 1970 to 2019 and Luke Perry was actually born in 1966, but I really appreciate that they didn't mess up the age because... Because I was like doing the math to make sure that like FP and Fred would still be in the same, same grade. Yeah. grade and everything, yeah. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them out. But then I didn't have to because they did it for me. So I'm That's happy. That's good. Now. Proud of them. Um, and it was dedicated November nineteenth. So that means, or sorry, November two thousand nineteen. So that means that November canonically is happening as we go. The video is happening right now, which, which right. is weird which is very yeah. upsetting for us because we were so convinced that like we would never know the date of the show mm-hmm. like i so. just deeply enjoyed it happening like happening like out of time yeah yeah so it's really i understand why they did that obviously but i don't know it was a little uh jarring yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that's all i had for Varchy. that's also all i had for Varchy. say hey Brittany. Hey, Robin. Could you tell me a little bit about Patreon? Yeah, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators. Why do you ask? Uh, well, I'm considering donating to somebody in particular. Oh my god, I have a great suggestion. Okay. You should donate to patreon.com slash auto. Why? Because um, hosting five podcasts is really expensive, and SoundCloud Premium costs $150 stream oh boy that's a lot yeah Yeah. it sounds like they really need my help yeah they definitely do and you know what you can help for starting at a dollar a month oh that's it i can afford that yeah that's like not bad at all do i get anything for doing that yeah you get early access to the episodes like, at least a day. Oh, cool. And you also get a postcard if you sign up before the end of the year. Wow, that's really cool. I'm going to want to do that. Yeah. What if I don't want to, what if I'm not super into, like, doing a monthly thing? Oh, you can, like, privately message them on, like, any plat- social media platform, and they'll hook you up. Oh, cool. For, like, a one-time donation. That's awesome. Yeah. I really want that heckin' postcard. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, I'm biased, but I think it's really well designed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, like, hey, if you can't donate, word of mouth, just as good. Yeah. You know, that sounds really nice. I, I'm interested in this concept. Thank you for telling me about it. Okay, no problem. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Bughead. Okay. I did the I did the thing for that. Whoa. Yay. Okay. Jughead finishes his final class before Thanksgiving break. He asks Dupont about Chipping's death and gets a BS answer. He calls Betty and they chat about her coming there for the weekend, even though there's a big ice storm coming. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Betty finally arrives and they snuggle because it seems to get... Seems to be getting colder and colder. Jug tells Betty that Chipping's suicide is super suspect. Did you appreciate my alliteration? Super suspect. Chipping's suicide is super suspect. And also that he found out that Chipping and DuPont were in some crazy secret society. And maybe that has something to do with it. Welcome to Gilmore Girls. (laughs) He literally... Yeah. They can't order dinner because of the ice storm. So Jug decides to grab them some snacks from the vending machine. Little do they know they are not alone at Stonewall. (gasps) In a creepy bunny mask and wielding an axe, Brett sneaks up behind Jughead. Betty knocks him out, and Donna runs in, telling them that it's just a prank, bro! (gasps) Yeah! Betty stitches Brett up, and the four of them play a game of never have I ever. Jughead tries to confirm if Brett and Donna are in the secret society, but he doesn't get any information. Betty goes off to get more alcohol, and instead sneaks into Donna's room. She finds the tie pin that signifies the secret society. It has Mr. Chipping's initials on it. They confront Donna, and she reveals that she was having an affair with Chipping, and he was really aggressive with her. I don't know if I buy it. Betty isn't sure either. It turns out there's a camera in Jug's room watching them? I guess. After the break, Donna goes to the headmaster and tells him about Mr. Chipping's issues. Or did she? I have trust issues with this show. I don't buy it for one second. Yeah. Like, these people are so conniving and so evil. Mm -hmm. Nah, I don't think so. And, like, if it is true, I'm really worried for her. Right. I wonder if it is supposed to be true if they told Mr. Chipping's actor that that was what was going on behind the scenes, because I saw none of that in his a- in his performance. Right. Like, there was literally no relationship between those two characters. Yeah. Which, like, this is supposed to, I guess it's supposed to come out of the blue, so, like, that checks out. But I was just like, this is a little weird. <laughs> what really bothers me about it is that it retroactively invalidates Donna winning that competition. Right. Yeah. You know, like we thought, oh yeah, Donna won, like on her own merit, and yep. mm-hmm. Jughead and Brett suck, and ha ha ha. But now, now you're telling me that she only won because Mr. Shippen liked her. Right, which, which makes like, me feel gross. Yeah, you're like, great, thanks. And like, also, I also, I thought she was with, she was like sleeping with Moose. So I'm like, okay. And now I'm like, is she sleeping with Brett? Because they seem really close. Ew. Ew. So I'm like, what's happening, Donna? And also, why do we keep ignoring Jonathan and Joan? And why are they so obsessed with Jughead? Right. Do they want him in the secret society? Or are they trying to get close to him to avoid him finding out what's going on? It doesn't seem like they want him in the secret society. Like, it seemed like at first when Brett was like, hi, welcome. I'm Brett and you suck. But that's just how it be. (laughs) Then, Then it kind of seemed like Brett wanted him to be part of it. You know, and then they like locked him in the box and everything like that. And so you're like, you're one of us now, but they're not acting like he's one of us now. Right. Like, even if Donna and Jonathan and Joan thought that he was being invited because they put him in the box... Clearly he's not in the group. So what? I feel like any other kid on this show probably would have reacted like differently than Jughead Mm -hmm. and like would probably be initiated into their super secret cult. Sure. But because it's Jughead, they're like, oh, he's not ever responding the way that like we think he's going to to these initiation proceedings. So he's not in on it. Right. But at some point, because it's Riverdale, because there's no way they'll let this go, They'll probably try and initiate Jughead into this. Yeah, and but Jughead will why. probably do that to be a se- a double agent. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Mr. Chipping legit died. Yeah, he's um, yeah. That which was uh, sucks. Uh, yeah, that's just, uh, how? did I, Like, why did you kill Sam Witwer? He's such a nice actor. I was really, like, learning that he actually died actually really, um, freaked me out a little bit based on, like, looking at the final scenes in Jughead's storyline last episode. Mm-hmm. First of all, they, like, literally just sit there, and so, like, them having known about it or, like, him being murdered and, like, forging this suicide note or whatever makes sense because they literally just sat there while that happened and if he actually actually died then like what's wrong with you and then in the last episode or in the last scene Brett is like he, ca- he calls it his fall from grace. Yep. Ugh. That's not how you talk about somebody who died. No, but yeah. they're, they're evil people. They're like sociopaths. They're literally horrible, horrible people. But who really I- has to go to therapy? Uh, of all the people in that school, weirdly enough, it's not Jughead. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it's I think that's kind of the point, is, like, these people are so detached that they seem otherworldly and evil to us. Like, right. Like, that's obviously the point, but it's still very jarring. Yeah. DuPont said he died because of alcoholism. Um... I don't think so. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Also that his first name was Rupert, Mm -hmm. which usually we get their name and then they die. So interesting that we got it after he died. Yeah. mix it up now. Like, what's going on? This was not right. That is not correct. Mm -hmm. He also didn't leave a note. So this note that Brett has, is that Chipping's actual suicide note? Or is that a note that he's trying to pretend was his suicide note? I think it was Chipping's actual suicide note. It's- or Ford- I'm either I'm either team that or team it was faked, not that it's a writing exercise. Faked. That would make me feel better because um it when he actually did it, it didn't seem like he had prepared to do it at all. Like he came in like with a lesson plan and was like going to talk to them and then like randomly just did it. You know what I mean? Right, that's true, yeah. So that's why it didn't seem like there would be A note, potentially? Well, that's why I think, like, in the secret society, like, DuPont is probably the head of it, Mm -hmm. and, like, he needs them to cover up a murder. It was so annoying when Jughead was like, oh, and you probably have to tell them your deepest, darkest secrets. I'm like, we've done this already. Exactly. That was literally the farm. Like, and I was like, wait, but hang on, like, Jughead's storyline is already so different, but, like, I guess there's some story beats you can kind of tread back over, I don't know. I don't know. So they really do think they're the only ones on campus. You don't think that anybody else would stay? Like, how big is this school? It seems <laughs> like it, maybe, I don't know. How big is this school, I guess? We don't know yet. Yeah, I guess we don't know. Betty thinks that sounds like a romantic getaway, and honestly, I love this for them. I, it, it's really cute. Yeah, it it, it kind of is a romantic getaway for them. Because, so like, kinda it kinda is. Having Jughead be separate this season is a strange choice, uh, but they've, like, so far made it work, yeah. and it really works this time because they get to go hang out and it's really cute and it's not like last season with Archie where Archie was so detached from the rest of the plot lines like this season like they try to keep Jughead involved with like at least Betty and Alice and FP like it's kind of nice mm-hmm. but um yeah no that was the end of my thought I was just complimenting the show oh okay. good job guys <laughs> um so Brett is listening to Jughead talk to Betty on the phone and Jughead saying like now that we're alone we can do like snooping and stuff and Brett's listening does Brett miss his own Thanksgiving specifically to stop Jughead from snooping? Both of you to assume Brett's parents care about him. But, like, he even, like, convinces Donna to stay behind, I guess? Like, what a loser. Yeah. This dude sucks. Yes. Yeah, I can't name one thing I like about Brett. Yeah, I got nothing. No, yeah. I literally have nothing. Yeah. gets says he's almost done the first chapter of his Baxter Brothers novel. They have to write three, though, right? What was it? Three chapters and then an outline for the rest of the book? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. But, like, at this point, like, there's no way DuPont will pick him now, right? Surely not. And I don't know, like, I, if I were Jughead, I'd be like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. But, like, he has to prove him wrong, right? Because if he writes the best Baxter Brothers book, and he knows it's the best, mm-hmm. he can, then he then has something on DuPont, I think. Right. Where he's like, you're biased. Yep. Yeah. Right. So where's Brett sleeping, if he's not sleeping in Jughead's room? Well, he would... Donna's room. Donna, maybe, or like Jonathan's room or something. Like he wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah, for the holiday weekend. That's why Jughead is like, we're alone. But, but was Donna supposed to be going home? You know, like, do you need special permission to stay there? Like, is there no? There isn't even like a security guard. Like, I don't think that's legal. I mean, it's Riverdale. Nothing's legal on this show. I guess everything is legal in New Jersey. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I guess like I know this is high school, but like when I was in college, like we had security guards there all the time. If it was a holiday, there were security guards there. If it was like, you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, So it's just, like, weird that, um, I don't know. Anyway. Oh, Riverdale. Yeah. Uh, He mentions that the Baxter Brothers franchise is worth $200 million. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's important to note, though, uh, thank you for telling us, because that kind of changes things, doesn't it? Sure does. When he shows us the yearbook photos of Mr. Chipping and Mr. DuPont, um, Mr. Chipping said that he was in the Chess, Literary, and Swim Club, and... He, it looked like he had a quote under his yearbook, but it was covered up by DuPont's uh, page, so Damn I couldn't it. see it. But DuPont's quote was, murder your darlings from Gatsby. Yeah, I was Aww. like, oh, all right. Okay, so that makes sense. So Okay. Um, they were in the Quill and Skull, which is the secret society, and how, okay, so different than the farm how? Right. Um, oh, rich people. Okay. Yep. It's rich people farm oh okay okay i I got y'all don't worry don't worry and they're like only teens yeah teens i guess i don't know yeah like if if that tie pin is like one of his most prized possessions why would he give it to donna you know what i mean like i just that's why i think it's not true exactly yeah like especially if like donna's trying to break up with him you know what i mean like why be like here's my most prized possession i know that you hate me right now but uh don't break it okay exactly that it it's complete bowl. Yeah. Um she's like, "Let's order Chinese food. It's not it's not going to get here. Everyone it, the, knows that it's, an it's ice a nice storm. storm. It's a nice storm. Yeah. Like the reason you can't go get food is because you can't drive. So no one's going to bring you food." Yeah. <laughs> so they get some cookies. Um and the cookies were Mrs. Paul's cookies. Like P A L L they robbed mrs paul i don't know if that's <laughs> like a joke name or what like like miss vicky does does chips right yeah they Who does cookies mr Christie. I, it's either a real thing or a like knockoff brand mm-hmm. why didn't donna and brett come out together to scare jughead like what was donna planning on doing was she gonna scare uh, betty she was no she was probably supposed to chase Jughead like when he started running, or or like block him in, you know what right. I mean, and then be like, "There's two of them." Ah! ah, where did y'all get those masks? The same place you, that we got the Gargoyle King mask. I think, okay. First of all, and the Gargoyle mask. Whoever supplies the outfits for these has the key to the whole show. Oh yeah. That's... But second of all, I think these are their what is it called the the name of their society? The Skull and Quill. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was it in Gilmore Girls? It was was it Skull and Crossbones? I thought it was something about an umbrella. Or th- that's when they jumped off the building with the umbrella, right? Yeah. Let me look. Fun fact I have not watched Gilmore Girls. One day, Sam. The Life and Death Brigade. Life and Death Brigade, of course. Which apparently is real? Yes. Oh. Oh, Team Logan. Don't come don't for at me. me. Don't at me because I will not listen to you. I'm Team Logan and nobody else. Wait, but Team Logan pre reboot? Pre reboot, yeah. Because Logan, I'm sorry, Logan would not be a cheater. I mean, he might be a cheater, but, like... No, he wouldn't. No, I'm sad. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) like, if you had to pick out of Rory's boyfriends, like, Logan, I think, is probably, like, the choice. Thank you. But all of Rory's relationships kind of sucked. Yeah. So, team Luke and Lorelai. Yeah! (laughs) That's the correct answer. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, okay, so, chipping suicide note, real or actually an exercise... Still do not Still not exactly sure. Not Depends great. on what actually happened. Exactly. I think it is a fake suicide note that was not an exercise, but it was created to cover up a murder. Okay. Unless chipping isn't actually dead. Or it's a red herring to confuse Jughead and he dropped it on purpose. Well, it's confusing me too. So. Thanks. Well, yeah. that'll do it. So then he's like, why wasn't I invited to do the exercise? And he's like, whatever, Jughead. Pff, what? We have separate, um, things that we do without you, so... So now they're gonna play Never Have I Ever, and I gotta say, games of Never Have I Ever are really important to me in TV shows, um, (laughs) they are some of my favorite scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, so for example, Mm -hmm. in episode 116 of Lost, which is one of my favorite episodes of the whole series... My big ship, Sawyer and Kate, mm-hmm. sit around a fire and play a game called I Never, which is basically Never yes. Have yeah, I Ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like one of the best written scenes in the show, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're thinking of like, I'm sitting down and I like, this is just like a scene, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. I mean, the show is obviously incredibly written with like the twists and the reveals and it, and the characters are all incredible. But this guess, like- Do you think Robin loves Lost? <laughs> I've never heard her talk about loss ever. This is actually the first time. But, like, for, like, a two characters are sitting down and speaking for a while scene, like, this is... It's very, it's very good. It's very good. It's... It also, like, doesn't have any music in it. So, like, it like it literally doesn't need a music. It just has, like, the crackle of the fire and then, like, yeah. close-ups. It's mm-hmm. so good. And, um, so I really appreciated them playing Never Have I Ever. Uh, but, uh, this will never be bad. <laughs> This will, this will never be as good as that was. Yeah. Uh, it's great. And, um, wow. Thanks. But having said that, like, this was, this was fun. At the same, Kate, but like the first question was never have I ever kissed a girl. I was like, really? Y'all are boring. Yeah. and, 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 and like, so Betty puts down her hand, her finger. Cause we're like, yeah, we know we were there. And Brett's like, really Betty? I'm like. Get over it, you perv. Like, he's so nasty. Like, first of all, like, if it's really Betty, you don't know that she's not bi. Yeah, Her exactly. sexuality is not a scandal. Bite yeah. me. Right. Like, I know I'm taking this too seriously. Just for the record, I know I'm taking this too seriously. But I just freaking hate Brett so freaking much. <laughs> yeah. That, like, I'm like, yeah, well, freak you, Brett. Like, you deserve no rights and die. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, it's so like people like Brett to fetishize something that's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And that's exactly it. Yeah. Which is like kind of a complaint that I've had about the show before in which like the regular scenes between like a straight straight couple or like a hetero seeming couple mm-hmm. are always like the way they are, but like shoni scenes are even more um explicit when they yeah. when they shoot them yeah. and they're always in the trailers. Yeah, Maybe not even necessarily on purpose, but they are like slightly fetishizing them. Yeah. For, for views. I'm not going to tell you that that's wrong. Yep. Because so. I think that you're right. Yeah. And it's like my gay lizard brain is like, ah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then my like feminist brain is like, mmm, can we not? So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Jughead and Betty haven't done drugs. Jughead wasn't there, but Betty didn't do JJ at, um, Veronica's party in season two. Good. So I do believe that that's true, that they have never done drugs. I also believe And then, of course, Brett is an asshole about that as well. I mean, what isn't he an asshole about? Correct. But drugs were done by the other two. They both put down fingers for that. I guess. This whole game is just so condescending. So bad. I'm like... "Mm -hmm." My favorite thing... Like, okay, so clearly we're going to talk about the secret society question. And I think that, you know, as stupid as it was, because, like, we're literally... Okay, so we're like, we're literally watching this. And Jughead goes, never have I ever been in secret society. And Robin goes at the TV, like basically yells at it. Well, it's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) But I think Jughead's whole point here was to watch their reactions, not their actual answer. Yeah, oh, totally. I mean, I just thought it was funny that if that was what he meant, like he thinks that the rules of the game of never have I ever are like more important than the rules of not telling anybody about a secret society <laughs> so funny and so jughead it's like those vines where they're just like are you a cop you have to tell me if you are <laughs> you're like, are you missing secret society you have to tell me if you are and so... they're like uh, no i don't god bless betty says that jughead has the bottle of alcohol in his room was that true because it seemed like it was brett's flask right I think she was implying that they had their own bottle. But she's like, I couldn't find it. So, like, I don't think he actually had anything. No. Right. Yeah. Joan is clearly not here. But Betty can just walk into Donna's room. So, like, do any of the doors lock? Um, I'm gonna say no. I don't think they do because... Which, I thought, like... I thought Donna was just in and out. I don't think dorm rooms are supposed to lock. Oh, okay. Which is why people, like, put a sock on the door. Right. You know my what sisters I mean? did. Yeah, the, the dorm rooms in my college did, too. They don't lock. It's just you put the sock on the door to tip your roommate off that you're in there doing nasty stuff. Oh. Well, I thought that they didn't lock because, like, that's a safety hazard when right. teens are involved. Yeah. I mean, I guess... I I guess I've never been to a boarding school. Because mm. that was college. College. Like, when I, when it, like what I'm talking about is, like, full-on adult people. Right. Yeah. So, maybe it's different. I don't know. I mean, this show thinks they're full-on adult people, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you shouldn't be hiding anything anyway. Exactly. Schwipsies! So... Here's my thing, is that, like, I was believing most of the stuff that was happening in this game. You know, it's like we had the polygraph last episode. I was believing a lot of the uh, never have I ever. It's like, okay, we have some answers. Okay. Jughead says, never have I ever tried to cover up a murder. And neither Betty or Jughead put down their fingers. I'm like, you're a liar. Mm. Especially since, like, you could probably look it up and see half of the crap that Betty and Jughead have done in the paper. Right. I'm like, Jughead, you sunk a car. Oh, yeah! <laughs> but okay. I forgot about like, <laughs> they kept I, They kept a dead man in a bunker for, like, months. Yo, what happened to the bunker? Don't know. Mm. I'm like, I'm not sorry to see it gone, but yeah. yo, what happened to the bunker? They got rid of the set. Yeah, probably. It reminds me of uh, when we were recently talking on our Lost podcast when the character of Hurley said he was going back to the caves. And on the uh, DVD commentary, Jorge, who plays Hurley, was like... Well, good thing I never got there because that set is gone. <laughs> no. ah, that's cute. Yeah. Um, Mr. Chipping was supposed to be good and he he died like a good man because he was like morally trying to help Jughead and then they're just like, they just kind of ruined him. We'll see. That that one's still a sort yeah. of, we'll see what happens thing. Do mm. we believe Donna? No. I I want to believe Donna because I want to believe victims. I want I want to believe two things. I want to believe victims and I want to believe that this show wouldn't do a woman who cried wolf storyline given how Mm. frigging dangerous those are because the more you perpetuate that the more people think those are more legitimate like things and you can say oh well you know women cry wolf all the time we don't yeah like for every one act of cry wolf there's probably a hundred thousand real assaults Mm -hmm. yep so I'm worried um so it's kind of like you're hoping for either she was actually abused or she's not lying like it's two horrible places to be yeah like I said before, we've already had a, tu- a student-teacher thing. She's underage. It's gross. I agree. Um, why do they change Betty's hair so much in this episode? <laughs> she like Fun. It's like down, and then they put it up, and then it's down, and then they put it up. I'm like, or you could just leave it down. I don't think it matters. They change I mean, her hair as much as I do. Maybe it's kind of like Jughead's hat. You know, like as soon as Brett and Donna are there, she like goes to play Never Have I Ever. Then she puts her hair up because yeah. that makes her more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a being in front of people thing. hmm so, yeah, Betty also doesn't really believe Donna. Um, we get the camera. So, Brett? It's on Brett's side of the room. Yeah, it's in Brett's baseball glove, right? Can can it also hear them? Probably. almost oh, certainly, right? Yeah. Okay, but plot twist. What if that's Charles? Oh. Uh, that makes me feel gross. Yuck. I... My main question about this is not even necessarily, at this point, who put it here, but does it... Like, is it about the videotapes like yeah if so like the videotapes started outside but if my theory about julian is correct then like they're now listening inside yeah and maybe this is also part of like now surveilling yeah. closer and closer and like also why yeah like why do this i don't know i mean that's oh, that those are the big questions i guess so. yeah oh <laughs> i made a, another lost joke on my notes you shocked i'm shocked i tell you i don't know it's probably just a joke for me but um (laughs) basically jughead's like what is donna talking to the headmaster about and brett's like here's some exposition about what is going on and stuff and there's a point in the um in pilot in the second part of the pilot of lost when when (laughs) shannon is like robin brings up lost do a shot (laughs) shannon's like i kind of speak french And so she listens to the, to the transmission and she's like, she's saying, um, help me. And they're all dead and whatever. And Sawyer goes, or she's not, you don't even speak French. Exactly. She's saying, please, she's saying, please help me. Please come get me. Or she's not, you don't even speak French. Let her listen. Shut up, man. And so Brett's like, this is what Donna was saying, and these are all of the things you need to know. And my brain just went, or she's not. You don't even speak French. <laughs> <laughs> and like, at the same time, like, either either she's doing that, or Brett's completely lying about what she went to the headmaster about. Yep. Yeah. Like, for all, for all they know, she could be going to the headmaster about, like, some other issue. Yeah. And like, for all Brett knows, she could be turning him in. Whoop. Fully. And, like... Potentially Donna just like made up that story in that room with Betty and then like told Brett about it later and then Brett was like, Here's what happened. Yep. Yeah. Like, who knows? Yep. Right. Um, and it's sad because Mr. Chipping can't stand up for himself. Because he's dead if, if he if he didn't do it. Yeah. If he did do it, burn in hell. Yeah. Yeah. But if he didn't, then like now his reputation's being ruined. Yeah. Which is kinda sad. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably see. get justice for him. The last thing I had in the storyline was that Betty looks at like her murder board, and there are some articles up there that Jughead has clearly pulled about the Stonewall 4. And I have two names. I'm ready. And one of them you guys are gonna be really excited about. Okay. So I'm really happy for you. Okay. Um the first one is named uh Have You Seen Blair Jackman? And I think it was a J because but because there was like a a piece of yarn going over the, the J, but so mm-hmm. I think it was a J. So Blair Jackman is one of the names. Okay. And um the second name. Name, which you might have to explain to the people who may not know. Uh, the second name is Paige uh, Morgan. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that's obviously coincidence, but yes. like, for us it's delightful. Yeah, <laughs> because um, Paige Turco, who was on The 100 as Abby, I first discovered a person of interest as Zoe Morgan. Which led me to watching The 100, which led me to brainwash Sam to watch The 100 which is how we met, like, well, became, like, really good friends and then started dating, and now we're here with rings on our fingers. So, you know, there's, like, a whole thing <laughs> here, you know? That's pretty cute. That's pretty cute. So when I saw that when I was doing my notes last night, I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh this, this is, will be good. This we, is we love an Easter egg. Specifically for them. Yes. <laughs> so that's all I have for the Bughead storyline. Good. Same. Uh, hey, Sam. Hey, Robin. Could you tell me about TV Call? Um, I <laughs> probably can. Okay. It's this app where you can watch other people watch great things you enjoy. Cool. Tell me more. Uh, So every Tuesday, Mm -hmm. uh, the aficionados go on TV Co and rewatch the last episode of Riverdale just to uh, have a good time with everybody and uh, enjoy it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What time? Uh, 7 p.m. East. Uh, nope. 7 p.m. Pacific time. Wow. So what are you doing this week? Uh, this week, since there's a hiatus, we're watching The Midnight Club. Unfortunately, this episode comes out the day after we do that. So uh, if you're listening to this uh, before Tuesday, we will rewatch this episode this coming Tuesday. Yeah. Sorry you missed The Midnight Club, but you should have been paying attention to the previous podcast. <laughs> Hopefully you pay attention on Twitter and you'll be there. I'm excited about it do the tv go broadcasts get saved yes so you can watch us watch the midnight club you just can't um talk to us while we do it because it'll have already happened yeah um every single one of our broadcasts are saved so if you want to go and look at our 401 broadcast you can yeah they're all there so yeah there's a link in the description where you can find us and uh we'd love to see you there at any point it'll be great you don't even have to talk you can just be there Brain food. Sure. We usually eat pizza. Great. All right, so now we're going to talk about team adults. Woo-hoo! My fave. I wrote the summary for this. FP is ordered by the newly inaugurated mayor to shut down Archie's shelter, which makes him feel really icky. He goes home to have dinner with the love of his life, and we learn that he's even thought about quitting being sheriff altogether. But he says no, because that would be what Hiram wants, and uh, then because Riverdale would have no cops. Alice says she'll support him completely, no matter what he decides. And then they finally, finally kiss. Finally! Ah! (laughs) They flirt about having Thanksgiving dinner at Pops because Alice uh, really isn't in the mood to cook. Later at their burger joint, Hiram and Hermione seem to have the same idea with a lot less romance. FP is determined to stay away from him, but Alice still has a heart and she can't let Hermione miserably sit through dinner with Hiram alone. They, uh, have a double date. The gang reminisces about having terrible parents and being terrible parents and how Fred was better than all of the rest of them. I mean, they aren't wrong. Hiram convinces everyone to go down to the speakeasy for a drink because, let's be real, he's the worst parent and we all know it. Ooh. FP and Alice continue to openly flirt in front of their friends. Uh, sorry, in front of their frenemies. <laughs> Uh, giving snake parents fans a whole meal for the first time in so long. FP is ready to slit Hiram's throat and do the whole town a favor, uh, but Alice gets him to stop. But honestly, FP spilled the tea. Hiram does deserve to be murdered. <laughs> Back at home, our favorite Parentdale Ship, is cuddled up on the couch, discussing what FP should do about his troubling career circumstances. Uh, at heart, he's a serpent, but he has a duty to protect Riverdale, particularly from Hiram himself. Uh, being the best wife ever, Alice is like, why not both? They kiss and I scream. It was great. <laughs> It was great, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. We 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 were finally fed. Yeah. <laughs> after being starved, like we they gave us a meal in two oh eight, and then it's been breadcrumbs ever since. No, yeah. that wasn't a meal. That was appetizers. That was most. an appetizer. Yeah, but it was a good one. It was yeah, a really delicious appetizer. You were like, oh man, I am so ready to have this meal. And then like ever since they've been bringing like a basket of one breadstick to yeah. the table yeah like until now and now your Look, food has finally arrived you know, and, and it's every great. time they come, they come by and they're just like hey can i get some more bread for the table And we're all like yeah and then they never <laughs> brought it and then they never brought it and then they bring you like half a breadstick and they be like uh this table like this table didn't finish their breadsticks so do you want these ones or i guess right like thanks but um, we would like like real food too. Can we get our own breadsticks? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so now we our fi- our food has finally arrived, and it's delicious. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was like the smallest, uh, or this storyline was the smallest, but um, obviously, it's the most important. So that's why it's here at the end. Exactly. Yep. I can't believe how starved we were. <laughs> like all we wanted was snake parents content, and now we have it. And like we are like so grateful for the smallest thing, like children on Christmas morning. Like Bughead gets this every single episode. Like they have little moments like this every single episode. But we had to wait for this. Right. <laughs> it's weird to be here. Yeah. Um, it is. It's like watching it. I kind of was like, feels like they're not supposed to be doing this. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I was sitting there being like, well, mm, I didn't think I I didn't think this was allowed. Right. <laughs> Gosh, it's nice to win. I was like yeah. watching kisses that aren't. This isn't getting cut away from. This is happening. Ow! Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs>
1: Guys,
0: um, we won. Yeah. We, we did it. We did. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, yeah. If, if we know anything from The 100, it's, oh, be careful what you wish for. Cause yeah. Because once you get the good stuff, there will be nothing but bad afterwards. Mm. But, like, Maitre and Skeet really, like, hyped up how much F.P. and I are really like there for each other this season. And I feel like this episode just really kicked that off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that that sort of continues as we go forward. Yeah. And I trust them. Like, because last season they were even fighting for state parent stuff. Like, they were like, guys, like, there's good content coming up. And then they would come on and let us know. They are like, I'm so sorry. They cut it out. Like, yeah. it's not like we were being like, okay, like, you know, why did Machen and Ski lie? They didn't. They didn't yeah. lie. Like, Machen was so excited for fans to get to see that one scene uh, in, like, the middle of season two and, where they actually kiss. And then it wasn't in the episode. And she was like, I am so sorry. And then season three, like, was supposed to be all about, like, snake parents, and then they cut all of it. Oh, yeah. I said season two just now, but I meant season three. Yeah. So, like, they cut, like, every single moment that was supposed to happen between FP and Alice, like, they basically got rid of. Yeah. So now we're kind of sitting here, like, okay, sweet. Like, now we get to, like, have the content we were promised a year ago. Yeah. Like, we certainly missed some, like, important developmental moments in their relationship. Yeah. But I'm willing to let that slide if this domestic, like, full partnership keeps going forward, because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, y- you didn't give me what I asked for to begin with, but now this is what I, like, super wanted it to eventually become, exactly. so I'll take it. Yeah. So, Hiram expects FP to quit. Like, for example, when Hermione was mayor, we had Moneta, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hiram wants there to be a sheriff that so he can just boss around and get to do whatever he wants. Right. I don't know why Hiram thinks that's going to be FP. Yeah yeah like he Hiram deserves whatever comes for him now because he should have fought this through. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like he absolutely knows that FP's not a puppet. no nope. like, come on. Mm-hmm. clown shoes squeaking. but he he wants to make him do te- more and more terrible things that like go against FP's moral compass so he can either break him into doing whatever he wants or get him to quit. And exactly. FP's like, aha, no no. And mm-hmm. he's uh, like, instead, I will restart a gang behind your back. Yeah. Sucks to be you, dude. Well, I liked his point where he was like, Hiram's a good guy and bad guy. I can be good guy and bad guy. And he's like... And, like, good... FP is really just good guy and... And good, more good guy. Yeah. The serpents are not bad guys. Yeah. Like, FP has had one of the probably best arcs of, like, character development. Yeah. On for the sure. Show. For sure. Because, like, he was... Kind of a bad dude when he fully. first showed up. Yeah. So Like he'd abandoned Jughead. Yeah. And he had a drinking problem. And now he's like got that under control and like is a present father. And like, it's, it's great to watch. And he's just, he's doing his best and I approve. Yep. And his best is good enough. And it's like, <sighs> <laughs> it's just really great to get to like, we've liked FP and Alice since season one. Yeah, they, yeah. First, they first interacted in 110. Right. <laughs> so, like, we've really enjoyed both characters individually and together throughout the entire series. And it's just really great to finally get to root for them both individually and as a couple. Because yeah. it's clearly them who are in the right in this storyline. And, like, they're the heroes that we're supposed to root for. Which is yeah. rare in this, an adult storyline on this show. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just really nice to, like, uh, to win, to finally win. Yeah. Like, so they're going to have dinner at Pops, and um, they mentioned that they have the house to themselves, and, I mean, I, I'm trying to enjoy this scene, but I'm also wondering, where's Jellybean? Yeah. <laughs> literally, someone... Who pointed that out last night? Yeah. We were like, because Alex was literally like, we have the house to ourselves, and I was like, oh, yeah, because Benny and Jughead are off doing Benny jug- Jughead things, and where is Jellybee? I don't so, know. So, I was under the impression that Gladys was in jail, but maybe she went to see Gladys for Thanksgiving. But, like, y'all gotta say that. Y'all forgot a full on child. Like, you forgot a, one of your own characters in the show. Why yeah. do you forget a character? I mean, maybe she's having dinner with her half brother. I mean, maybe, but, like, didn't say that. You know? Right. Like, like it doesn't take, it took, takes, like, two extra seconds to say that. You know what I mean? Like, you'd think that their whole family's first Thanksgiving would be kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, oh. but. If that had to be sacrificed for F.P. and Alice to have this storyline. like, fine. Fine. That's, I'm it, fine with it. Throw it, it. away. They they can, I don't care. They can have dinner at Christmas time. It's it's fine. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, my favorite part of this scene was when he catches her shoe. Thanks. I, it was super cute. I, I just love how she, like, goes over there under the guise of seduction and then she's like... Um, just kidding. I don't want to cook. Can we go out for dinner tomorrow? (laughs) It was really cute. Magen said on Twitter that Skeet always caught it, and she did not hit him, but she definitely hit a couple members of the crew. Oh, no! Oh, no! (laughs) That's so- I love it. That seems about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just the- the happiness and the- the softness of this moment is just really great, because it's- it's just good to watch them be happy. What did we do to deserve this? Like- it's just so so cute. Yep. Good for them. Uh, they're literally the only ones at Pops other than Pop. I mean, it's good for them to just spend time with Pop, because Pop just serves friends, too. I just, like, there's literally no other family in Riverdale that was like, I don't really feel like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, sure. Um, He also calls it our burger joint. I course. love it. Yeah. I mean, bold of FP to assume there's more than one restaurant in Riverdale, yeah. but it is their burger joint. Yeah, it's like, okay, but you know that, like, the Midnight Club and, like, all your friends in high school also consider it their burger joint? I don't know. I'm just saying. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. I said, where's Hermosa? But we kind of answered that in the other uh, storyline. Um. Alice and Hermione were good friends. Yeah. Alice yeah. is trying to save Hermione. Like, Hermione was there for her in the Midnight Club when uh, when she got pregnant. And... Yep. Yeah. They're right. Friends. And they had like, a really interesting, like, frenemy relationship in season one, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I do like... Alice inviting them over because Hermione kind of looks like she wants to have dinner with them, And then Alice is like, all right, we all hate Hiram. So let's just have yeah. dinner. But like, that's the sad thing is I think Hermione wants to have her cake and eat it too. Like she wants to have friends and have relationships with them, but she also wants to be like, also have a relationship with their daughter and she wants to be with Hiram. And those things are never going to all work out. Yeah. Which is like, is, are they going the route of Hermione being in this relationship because she's being abused into being in it? Or are they going the route of Hermione willfully being terrible and actually enjoying being with Hiram and trying to be, have all these other relationships, which makes less sense to me. But with how Hermione's storyline has gone uh, historically, I would believe just as much. Yeah, I guess we just don't know yet, yeah, do we? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, but F.P. and Hiram, neither of them are into it. They're, <laughs> they're just like, I. that's not what I signed up for today. Exactly. Like, this moment is peak physical comedy for Riverdale. Yeah. Like, I may have laughed harder at this moment than I ever have at any other scene. Yep. It's so good. Uh, that both of them are so good in it. Like, F.P. throws his fork down like an actual child, mm-hmm. and Hiram is just like, Lisa Simpson meme, like, yeah, okay. Alright, cool. <laughs> Thank you. I think Mark Consuelos, I wish that they did more comedy stuff with him, because his comedic timing is great. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. Well, that's just great, Fred. Well, that's just great, Fred. That's one of the all-time funniest things that has ever happened on this show. Yeah. Those are my two- my two favorite Hiram lines are, well, that's just great, Fred, and this one. Oh, what about the 16-year-old, I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. (laughs) So good! (laughs) Like, low-key, like, when Hiram gets them, they're good lines. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Remember how Hiram has a vendetta against a 17-year-old nerd? Yeah. Okay. So, they used to hang out, and now they're the parents. FP touches Alice's shoulder, and she's touching his leg. Uh, Hello? And uh, Hiram and Hermione are not Touching at at all. all until she like weirdly rubs his arm. He's like, at "Oh, some let's point. go!" And it's like you're trying to like she's very clearly trying to mimic yeah FP and Alice because she's like, "Oh, that's how a relationship is supposed to look." Mm. And um, it doesn't. It's not going well. It's also it's kind of sad because it's, it's sad. heartbreaking because Hermione is looking at these high school sweethearts... And she also had a high school sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. She had one, too, but she can't be with him. Aww. Like, she's, like, looking at them, and they're, like, n- neither... All four of them, none of them were in were with their high school sweetheart. Like, it just didn't work for them. And right. then now, finally, Effie, Effie and Alex. Alice finally figured it out, and they can finally be together. But Hermione doesn't have a hope for that. And I mean, Sarah right. and Tom got it figured out, too. Yeah. Yeah, which... That sucks for Hermione. Like, she made the wrong choice after high school, and it just... Stuck with her when it didn't stick with everybody else, and so it, it it has to be miserable for her to like see that and know she lost the opportunity to be with Fred altogether. Well, Hermione was allowed, or like characters like Mary, characters like Alice, they were allowed to grow. Hermione has been the same character from high school to now. Mm-hmm. If anything, she's regressed backwards. Yeah, it's like and like even in front of Hermione, Hiram gets to talk about Fred. And FP gets to talk about Fred, and Hermione still doesn't get to talk about Fred, and maybe it's because, like, it's too painful for her or something, but, like, she literally just, like, sits there being like, "Mm mm-hmm, like, it's as if they don't have any... I think the show forgot that Hermione and Fred were a thing. She doesn't even get to have, like, a moment of reflection that you even get to just, like, see... Right. In the background. Yeah, like, I mean? all we've seen of her mourning Fred is that one shot of her crying in jail. Yeah, right. which wasn't even necessarily, like, romantic. It's just, like, sad because she's sad because her friend died. Like, maybe they did forget that her and Fred were supposed to be, like, soulmates. I which think, is, like, I really weird, did. though, because the Midnight Club was just last season, season. So, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. And I'm a little sad. I just want Hermione to have a moment where she can talk about Fred again. Yeah. 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 I mean... It's hard because you know because the show has such long seasons. We are still kind of early in the season. Yeah, so we'll have to reserve judgment on a lot of that until later. If this was a a normal like CW type run, we're oh, half done. I would be we're half done. The <laughs> lack of like. Progress. Yeah. Right. So Hiram's like, let's go downstairs. I'm like, sir, this is not your establishment. Right. The speakeasy you, is not open right now. Right. You don't own this bar. How you, do you don't even get down there. Yeah. Was Pop just does Pop have the right to I don't know. Like, does he since Veronica owns the well owns both stores, right? Yeah, but Pop has like jurisdiction over Pop's because yeah, that's yeah. Pop's family business. But Veronica is the one who like built Le Bonne-Nuit up from literally Dirt because, yeah. yeah, you know. So that's why I thought I was like, "Sir, this is not like right, but it's so in character for Hiram." And to he basically, just like, like to that. just act like everything is his. No, nope. I mean, he's basically stealing Veronica's liquor, right? Right. Yeah. He doesn't care. He's not paying for it. No. But it's, it's little microaggressions like that against like, or, or against, um, Veronica that yeah. make Hyrum such a good villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he truly is the epitome of a dude who thinks that everything is his. Yep. Like FP breaks glass and alcohol all over the ground like veronica's gonna walk down there like at the end of the weekend and be like cool um what okay either that or pop has to clean it up yeah okay. which also sucks but imagine that expensive veronica's too. like what and alice is like oh by the way fp broke a bottle because he was threatening your dad with a broken end of it And like all right cool yeah. Um. actually also send him this full bottle home as a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So FP is just kind of like not really drinking his thing, and Hiram's like, FP, like why aren't you drinking? I'm like, He's he was an alcoholic. Has has an alcohol problem. Um, Send FP home a snack as a thank you. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) thought I'd amend that. But he he was an alcoholic. That's why he's not really drinking. Mm -hmm. And he says and he makes the excuse that like he has to drive or whatever. But then Hiram starts bringing up crap, and then FP downs the whole thing. Yeah, like they don't. I think the show kind of forgot FP was an alcoholic. I agree because Alice made them drinks at home. Yeah, right. So like I don't think that they're like really playing with FP actually still having a drinking problem. They're playing it like. FB had a drinking problem and it's cured and he can drink anytime he wants now. Well he should be Which her. is like not how that works, but yeah. I think that's what Riverdale is well, doing. Well, like, yeah. okay, so on Twitter I was reading this thing. Um Gabby was saying um she's uh Evangeline Lily on uh, Twitter and um she is one of our most dedicated listeners. She's and so she was good. saying that um I think she said that Alice made them both um iced tea. Oh um mm. So it's like, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to pretend that that's what it is, you know? Well, now I want to go back and look at the scene because maybe it's just like fancy iced tea in a cocktail glass because they're being cute because they're having a little date night. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable because Hiram is like, drink some more, drink some more. Like, you're a bad influence and you're a terrible person. Well, I wonder if he's trying to get FP to commit some sort of crime so that he can take him out as the sheriff then, you know? Right. Because he obviously doesn't want FP as the sheriff. FP doesn't want to be the sheriff, and he doesn't want to give Hiram what he wants, so Hiram's going to make FP do something against the law so that he can get him out of the office. Yeah, the sure. Office. Yep, yep, But I did like the detail whether or not they're going with FP still having a, de- a drinking problem with him like not drinking and then, F- and then Hiram being like... Egging him on. Or, what uh, remember, rabble, rabble, rabble and then him drinking. Remember it. last season when there was like this inexplicable moment when FP turned 50 where they like started worrying about FP's heart and oh, then yeah. they didn't go anywhere? Oh, I This feels ironic. like one of those moments where you're just like, okay, like, are we just dropping things about FP now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Okay, yeah. FP's like, don't don't you think I remember that you put a hit out on my son? I do not remember That's that. Right. Yeah, Yeah. But I knew, you Forgot I, also. Like, what I literally happen? don't even remember the details. Can anybody- Does anybody does does remember Does anyone that? know? Okay, so all of us forgot? Like, Hiram had a hit out on Archie- right? Like- Oh, wait, but because Jughead was with Archie? That doesn't seem like something- uh, uh, Oh, 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 oh. When they were, like, on the run at- during the beginning of season three, like, after Archie, like, skipped town and Jughead went with him? But, like, did Hiram know that Jughead was with him? Probably. I don't know. That's not really, like- like, that, that's not explicit enough for FP to be like, you put a hit out on my son. You Wait, know what I mean? did meant? FP send What's-Her-Face like, after was Jughead? It, you mean Hiram? No, Penny. Yeah, did the Hiram send Penny after Jughead? I think so, yes. Okay, maybe? Maybe that's it? I think that might be it. Let's see, season two? I'm trying to remember. Either way, is that the reason why FP shot Hiram? Did FP shoot Hiram because of that same thing? Yeah, I don't remember why exactly FP shot Hiram. I forgot that that happened. Well, didn't Hermione have something on him, and that's why he was doing her bidding? No, Wait. no, I don't think okay. so. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna pee, but I'm gonna look this up because there was a reason that FP was did hate Hiram so much, and I yeah. don't remember what it is. Okay, but I have the Archie Wiki open. Okay, <laughs> just picturing Maitland's shoes just hitting random. <laughs> <efforts>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready to keep going? Yeah. Okay, Sam. Did you want to say something about the? Did you look up? You looked up the scene. Oh, I did look in the first FP and Alice scene, and I wish that she was making iced tea because I think that would be super cute. But it does look like there are like, uh, like bourbon bottles mm-hmm. on the table. So yeah. yeah. So if so, Riverdale is probably just like it's fine. He can have one drink occasionally. Yeah. Okay, Brittany. Um. So the reason. Okay. So apparently, Hiram hired the Ghoulies. To attack Jughead. Okay. Oh, that, and that's oh. when they got, that's when he got super mega beat, beat up and we thought, and everybody thought that he died? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was unclear as to whether if that was Hiram or if that was just, like, Penny and the Ghoulies. No, yes, that was Hiram because that's when, like, cause, so FP, like, carries him back out. Yes. And then, like, he and Archie are at the hospital together. Mm-hmm. And Archie's like, I'm gonna go murder Hiram with my baseball bat. And FP is like, good. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay, we, we've figured it out. All right, great. Wait, but my other question is, why did Hiram hire the ghoulies to attack Jughead? There was a plot reason involved in that season. Yeah, there was a reason for sure. But I have forgotten what it was. I'm guessing it was Jughead was on to Hiram, sort of, at some oh, point. Oh, like his drug business or something? Yeah, some something. <sighs> it was It was Veronica who, like, took all his stuff and burned it, right? Veronica yes. and Reggie? Yeah, Right, but F. Like, Jughead knew something, and he was gonna, like, put it in the newspaper. Okay. Okay. Sure. All right. I like that FP said, you put a head out on my son. And I was like, you have two sons, just to be clear. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, which one, FP? Like, I knew which one it was, but I was like, well, which one? You have more than one now. Hiram full-on asks FP to finish it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Hiram's like do it kill me and I was like do it kill him (laughs) but I think the reason why he used the word finish it is because he shot him before and it didn't work Yeah, Yeah. so I think finish it that's why he said finish it but I don't understand why he wants like does he think that he like Hiram might think that he's like some immortal being where like he won't die even if he tries again because but like because he wants FP to do something that will get him out of the sheriff's station I mean I, I think the entire time Hiram knew that FP wouldn't do it yeah but imagine if FB had... Ooh, I'd be kind of sad. I would be sad also. No, he, not dead. Like, he's not dead. Oh. But, like, he definitely is injured. Yeah. I would be sitting in the hospital like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I would just be sad because I don't, like, FP's like, trying to turn it around. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. It yeah. would just really, like, put a kink in the it put FB's character he was. development. Yeah. You right. He deserves it. I really appreciate that he didn't actually do it, though. They mentioned that he can be both the sheriff and the serpent. I enjoyed a lot that, um, F.P. and Alice are also holding hands in this scene. Yeah. And then she's the one that's, like, getting him to not murder Hiram, even though they both hate him. Yeah. Uh, but she's like, babe, no. Yeah. She's like, we've both been there before. It's not great. It literally cracks me up. She's like, babe, what if you didn't kill someone? Yeah. I don't know. I just really love that she, like, loves and trusts him enough to, like, be right there at his side in that really intense moment to, like, Pull him back from the edge. Yeah, and like if he had gone through with it, she would have been like, "All right, guess we gotta clean up the body again." (laughs) Yeah. Um, but how do you guys feel about him being both the sheriff and the serpent? Is he going to be the serpent king again? Is he going to take over again? literally, I want him to be the serpent king so that Alice can be the serpent queen. Please. Literally, that's all Finally, I want. Finally! That's, that's been waiting forever! I, like, it's it's about time that the serpents came back. It's about time that we re-explored Alice being a serpent. Yeah. Because, like, we basically lost Alice for all of last season. Yeah. Like, yeah. We got no development for Alice. So, like, now we're back at, like, season two with Alice the serpent sort of still being a thing. Like, in my mind, for some reason season three only exists for griffins and gargoyles yeah um and nothing else happened like i blocked out the entire farm storyline so alice for me is still the same alice that she was at the end of season two Mm -hmm. she basically Uh, is though well like i remember when betty was like i'm the serpent queen and i was like we all know who the real Serpent Queen is. So if right. we could, like, go back to that and actually get the real Serpent Queen, I'd be happy. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, looking back, like, sh- like it has no shade to Betty because, like, the show just didn't do anything with Betty being the Serpent Queen. Yeah. Right. Like, she didn't do anything. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I think Alice will do something Yeah, her. And also, like, we just sort of, we got tastes and bits and pieces of Alice being a Serpent because, like, we got the flashback in the Midnight Club. And then all throughout season two, we were treated with, like, the... My personal favorite version of Alice so far, which is like boss from the north side who also loves her serpent roots. So I hope that that's where this storyline is going is the two of them like bringing their past and present together in like a really cool way to like be part of a gang and also make the town a better place. Mm -hmm. I also think that if I could really quickly make this about Sweet Pea, I think this could be how they're going to bring him back. Yes, I agree. Like, what I want is I want for, like, FP and Alice to, like, show up at the serpents, like, not the White Worm, because the White Worm was taken over by... Hiram. Hiram slash the Ghoulies, I think. Yeah. I they just hung out in front of the trailer, right? But then the trailer got set on fire. Yeah. Where are the serpents? No one knows where the serpents are. Okay, either way, they go up and they find where the serpents are. And Sweepy's like, thank God you're back. I'm really bad at being the leader. I am not good. Please help <laughs> me. Please come back. Actually, yes, you can have the crown. I don't care. Please take it. Oh, God. Right. And then, like, if if inexplicably Fangs is also back there and he's like, "Whoops. <laughs> I made many mistakes then like that's also fine. Yeah, you know, like, like all right. Of yeah. Like that's what I would like because for some reason both gangs have just like disappeared mm-hmm. or all gangs have just disappeared yeah. because like there was there were the ghoulies, there were the serpents and there were the pretty poisons and like where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> We're, like we saw Peaches at Cheryl's party. Oh, okay, but that's it. But that's it. We saw them there, but they weren't like Peaches. Yeah, she she was the DJ. Oh, sorry, they weren't like the Pretty Poisons. Like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So I just I need. Um, I'm just really excited for more serpent content because back I in- love the serpents. Right. Back in season one, I was just like, ugh, imagine if I cared about the serpents. And then season two happened, and I was like, (laughs) I care only about the serpents. These are my children! I, like, didn't even like Sweet Pea and Fangs uh, uh, at first, because, uh, like, Fangs, for some reason, wanted to set off a pipe bomb or something stupid like that. (laughs) And Sweet Pea was always, like, antagonizing Jughead, and I was like, eventually I'll like you. And then by the end of season two, I was like, the real core four (laughs) is the serpents, and I will hear nothing else. (laughs) So, I mean, that's what makes me sad about, like, the whole Tony thing is that, like, Tony was supposed to be a serpent. And there was a bunch of things about, like, last season she was saying that, like, her family was the serpents. Like, when, right. when they got cut out of the serpents, she was like, I'm a, like, basically a legacy in the serpents. You can't cut me out or whatever. And now she, like, literally has something to do with them. And that makes me a little sad. Yeah, so I, I just super hope the serpents come back and that. Alice and FP are both involved in a very big way because like who's to say Alice can't be a serpent and a reporter yeah why not I mean she was a serpent before why can't be a serpent again exactly Mm -hmm. that's it she's also a legacy yeah (laughs) and then they kissed they kissed twice you guys yeah they did that for us we got lucky It was great. Like, I still want the deleted scene from season three. Like, I'm Judge Judy meme. Like, where's it at? But thank you for this content. More, please. (laughs) Okay. Don't answer because I want to all say it at the same time. Did you prefer the first kiss or the second kiss better? Okay? So you will either say first or second on the count of three. Is everybody ready? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. First. Second. Interesting. Interesting. I Interesting. almost said second. Yeah. I deeply enjoyed them both because, mm-hmm. like, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think your reason is going to be because we didn't know the second one was coming. Uh, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other part? I just think it's, re- I thought it was sweet because, like, before, like, you want it, it's more, um, I guess, spontaneous, too. Yeah. yeah. And it, it felt like there was more in it, too. Like, the, like, this one is kind of just, like the first one, I felt was kind of just like a hello and a let's go do something interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but like this one is more of a. It was more of a thank you. It was like yeah. I love you. But so I'm like I'm celebrating with you. I'm so grateful that you're a genius. Yeah. 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 That's really sweet. It was more of a relationship kiss. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the first one is also. <laughs> a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. But do you know what I mean? Like, um, it's like um, like a nap like a. It's Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just a little moment that they would have. Like Alice went in with intention. Yes. In the first kiss, which is probably why. I like it. Either way, Um, I like both of them because we don't have (laughs) Betty rolling her eyes in the background to cut away to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, they were both very good. I like the first one because I just do uh, and it was longer and I can make better gifs out of that. Mm. But I also deeply enjoy the second one because it was just really soft and just just, just really like cute moment for them. Good content. And I hope we get more. Yeah, I liked it. Like that was like, oh, they are in a relationship. Yeah. Yes. Good. Like we missed it happening, but I'm happy we're here now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So should we do our segments? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it's time for segments. My first segment is a sexual jughead question mark question mark question mark, and then the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. And mine is which milf is the most badass? And you know what? It's freaking Mary. It's 100%. absolutely Mary. <laughs> it's it's Mary today tomorrow. And in the the rest of the future, for the rest of time, <laughs> right? it's Mary. <laughs> we, we were literally watching the episode, and when Mary, like, wielded that gun, we were like, so Mary's the most badass MILF, um, doesn't matter what literally anybody else does this episode. Right? Um. <laughs> like, that's it, it's over for you, bitches. Yeah. Like, we were all like, we love Alice, and our default is usually Alice, but uh-huh. Mary took it home. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, my segment that I've officially stolen from Robin, I guess, uh, is, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? And, yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, they did. Like, not only did they did they acknowledge their history and the fact that like they are now dating, but they also acknowledged acknowledge their history. History. They talked about being in high school. They did. They acknowledged their history pretty much in every single scene that they shared in this episode, and uh, that's beautiful. When I started this segment in 208, yes, <laughs> I. This was the episode that I was waiting for for this segment, you know? Yes. And I'm just happy that I was able to gift this moment to you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Robin. (laughs) You're welcome. So now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Cheryl for... By the time spring thaw comes around, the salmon will have gobbled up his eyes. Gobbled up his eyes! I'm like, (laughs) no! She's like thrilled about... Eyeballs getting eaten. <laughs> and honestly, I just wanna say Cheryl, um, I really hope they eat the rest of him too. Yeah. Because I just his eyes. He's gonna be pretty identifiable still, even if he's just missing some eyeballs. Yeah. Uh and I have an honorable mention that goes to Hiram for Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. Like, I wish I just wish you could also provide a GIF of that moment because his face—it's so funny. I have great news because on Mm -hmm. Tumblr, I post GIFs of our favorite line award, and uh, it's going to take me a while to get here, but eventually, eventually. I'm still, I'm still posting like halfway through the Stranger Things podcast. (laughs) My favorite line award goes to FP for. Well, we monitor our patients fairly closely. Well, not closely enough, huh, Doc? And my favorite line award goes to Veronica for Mrs. Andrews. I'm obsessed because you are obsessed. I am obsessed. And now it's time for our trailer reaction. Okay, I'm gonna read the thing on the bottom of Gina Torres guest stars as Riverdale High's guidance counselor, who is named Miss Burble. Oh wait, didn't we hear about? We've heard about her a lot. We've just never seen her. So I guess why is Jughead at Riverdale High? Okay, whatever. As residents across Riverdale begin receiving more mysterious videotapes on their doorsteps finally, the seniors of Riverdale High eagerly await their college decision letters. Concerned that the stress may be getting to them, Mrs. Burble, I'm a genius, the school's guidance counselor meets with Betty, Archie, Veronica, Cheryl, and Jughead to discuss what's plaguing them. Once again, why is Jughead here? I guess that's it. And then also Machen, Mark, Casey, Ski, Vanessa are also here. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. One play. I hurt all the time. I just love having Gina Torres what here because. Yeah, talk to I'm gay. I'm. Exploring. Yeah, that's all. That's like what I take away from the trailer is <laughs> Gina Torres. Like I'm very glad that Archie and uh, Cheryl especially are uh, finally getting the help that they need. Yeah. I mean, Archie should have seen somebody for like a while. Yep. Yeah. But it doesn't even look and it, Cheryl. Looks- it looks like he's standing in this though, so it's like I'm not sure if that's who he's talking to. I mean, he probably gets up to be like Right i'm upset and then like turns around and is like crying but like why is he saying what am i supposed to do to the guidance counselor you know like it seems like i don't know i mean i guess that makes sense it's just like it seems more intimate than it would be with her right so yeah mrs verbal i have betty and then what's that hiram in his study i guess we have cheryl screaming jughead freaking out like cheryl screaming i'm like what's going on Cheryl, there is something wrong with you, to be honest, uh, and I hope that you figure that out. Yep. There's not a whole lot to glean from that, Um, plot-wise. The only thing that you can glean from it is, oh, they never announced Gina Torres was coming to Riverdale. Which, like, I've been asking for, honestly. Like, w- when they told us that Chad Michael Murray was coming, like, I was kind of disappointed when we actually finally got Chad Michael Murray because I thought, how cool would that be if that had been, like, a reveal of Chad Michael Murray? Yeah. So this is kind of cool. Yeah, it is exciting that we get to see, like, this in real time I guess you're you're right I mean I'm excited for you guys but I mean I don't know who this person is so yeah yeah, there's not really much else to glean from it unfortunately uh this is the episode that's supposed to have the sex talk though there is finally there is a promo picture with uh Alice sitting with Betty at Hmm. the guidance counselor's office so I wonder if that like if she catches she and Jughead doing something or if like the guidance counselor is like We should talk to your mother about how much underage sex you're having. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please. uh, Write us a review on iTunes. We would love that. Even if you just do the little stars, that's also fine. Um, We also have a survey. So if you have any thoughts on how we could be better or uh, how... We are doing well. Um, let us know. That is in the description. If yeah. you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we are going to be doing the final season coming up here. And we're going to Unity Days to cover Unity Days. Yes. Woo-hoo. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we have finished all of season one. And we are just nearing the end of season two that is being released monthly and it's spoiler free. So if you're watching for the first time, we would love to have you. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Robin and Brittany did all of season one and I guest starred on a couple episodes and they did a episode by episode reaction to season three. And you can listen to all of those on the Stranger Things channel and we'll be doing season two all of 2020, mm-hmm. and then season three following that, and uh, then hopefully season four will be here, and we will be less sad that the wait is so long. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And in coming in 2020, 2020. I'm okay. 2020 coming in 2020 is a Star Trek Picard pod, so uh, keep your eyes out for that. Ears out for that, maybe because we're going to be releasing the first episode soon-ish. It's like a teaser. Yeah, a little, a little teaser. Mm-hmm. You can join us every Tuesday on the TV Co. app at 7 p.m. PST. If you're listening to this as it's coming out, this coming Tuesday we're going to be re-watching this episode. But if you want to check out our Midnight Club episode, you can go on our profile on TV Co. And all of our broadcasts are saved. So you can watch it. You can still watch it. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Yay! You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebelable, YouTube, but mostly Twitter with a side of Tumblr where Robin makes gifts. I make gifts, and I work really hard on them. Please support me. Yep. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The If you like what we do here, please consider donating, because it's really expensive, especially with those uh, other podcasts that we are uh, adding to our network. And yes, it is all us. Yeah. It's all us. Yeah. Um, And uh, if you join before the end of the year or give us a one-time donation of $5 Canadian or more, you can get a postcard. We will send it to you. And if you're looking for the PayPal that you need to send that to, you can check out our Twitter. It's our pinned tweet right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E Jeffrey, that's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Sam KCC on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's S A M C A S E Y C. Thanks. Last episode, Sam said, This weekend I'll fix my new, I'll change my. All right. Users I mentioned? tried. I really tried. Mm. I looked at several other options um, and I just haven't found one yet because someone has just Sam Casey already taken mm. and that bothers me. I am so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. What if you do Sam Casey with an underscore at the end? I tried. You have to have three in order to, um... Three underscores? And Yeah, because someone else has taken Sam Casey underscore uh. and Sam Casey underscore underscore. I'll so ask. I would have to put three underscores. What about Sammy Casey? I hate it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> So next episode is episode 408. In Treatment. In Treatment is an American HBO drama about a psychotherapist, fifty-something Dr. Paul Weston, and his weekly sessions with patients, as well as those with his own therapist at the end of the week. So um, that's relevant. It is. It's absolutely finally, finally a very relevant uh, title for the episode. Four. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, okay. Love you, bye.